Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 362. I am Peter and joining me as always, the returning Matt. Hey, and I return and the Knights have a Stanley Cup. So um, I think every Stanley Cup season, I'm just going to relocate to Canada and, and let the chips fall where they may. Is that like the World Cup for hockey, Matt? Well, I mean, it's it's not as the World Cup, but it is hockey's finest trophy, and it now resides in Las Vegas. So let's go. Okay, is that like winning the season? Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. championship. Why is it called Stanley Cup? So uh, because well, originally before the you NHL, you really okay, want me to I, do I this. actually don't care that much. No, <laughs> no, no. I don't, I I, saying, I don't before care. the NHL was uh, was created. All the different hockey leagues would compete in a tournament for Lord Stanley's Cup. So, uh, yes. Hockey has a lot of fun names for their trophies. Like like the most gentlemanly, so the guy that's basically helped the community in least amount of penalty minutes. It's called the Lady Bing Trophy. So there's kind of a big, if you kind of want to insult somebody, you'll be like, oh yeah, he, he's Lady Bing caliber. And you're like, eh, he's not a tough guy. Look, Stanley's so. just a prestigious name. Hockey and uh, Australia's own original streaming service both have the name Stan. It's clearly uh, a name of dignity. Yeah. <laughs> Integrity. Uh, Carter's also here. Again, this is yes. crazy. Is this like four weeks in a row now? Four or five, yeah. Uh-huh. Something like that. It's yeah. a streak. Yeah, because I did one, one with Matt before he was yeah. gone, and then two. Yeah. That yeah, that sounds right. Okay, well, here you go. This is a DC Comics podcast. We talk about the comics we read this week, and it was a busy week because we have got to talk about Wonder Woman issue 800, Superman issue 5, Nightwing 105, Titans issue 2, Batman Superman World's Finest issue 16, Batgirls 19, The Vigil issue 2, and Cyborg issue 2. So, yeah. Matt, would you stop clicking your mouse? I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to click on League of Comic Geeks. Then you just have to not look. You, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're you're. Just do what I do and mute your mute your mic first. <laughs> the, the clicky's too uh, loud. I was considerate. I was typing away, and I was considerate. Uh, do you want praise? How's it now? I don't want to give you praise. Uh, okay, I think. How long till okay. he forgets to unmute himself? Well, it's not muted. It's just I'm I'm clicking. He's just clicking softly. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was possible. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Uh, yes, uh, we also have solicits uh, this week as well for September. So uh, plenty oh, to get into, plenty to look at and talk about. Um, uh, so there's no separate news, really, unless we want to talk about the Flash movie having the biggest second week drop in the history of films. But... Uh, <laughs> But probably nothing other than that. Uh, like they're predicting like a seventy-five percent drop for week two. Uh, although the Friday itself was like an eighty-one percent week drop. Week I, week I drop. assume none of us have seen it still. Nope. No. 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 I assume none of us have any plans to see it. Nope. No. I I haven't seen Spider Verse yet, and I think that's more priority. <laughs> Me either. I was gonna go yesterday. Yeah. And and then uh, and then Final Fantasy came out, and I just played that yeah, instead. <laughs> That's all you did all day? Literally. Yeah. I stopped to read some comics and eat at one point. But the rest of the day, I, I must have spent about 10 hours just playing it. I haven't played that too. It is a good time. So I'm enjoying it. 
It, it's it's not really Final Fantasy. It's more Devil May Clive, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm playing that. Diablo Four came out a few weeks ago as well. So I've just there's too many video games coming out. There's too many movies coming out. There's too many video games coming out. It's a very busy season, and they they should enjoy it because this writer strike and possible actor strike might just like make next year be a complete this drought. is like the the next part after the uh the pandemic drought where everyone turned to, to gaming yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're kind of getting that again and they've got a little bit of an advantage in that they don't have to stop working this time no they do not so yep yep busy season busy season and a reasonable amount of comics as well actually now i'm thinking about it uh, obviously the next couple of months it's weird because of the whole Night Terrors thing, but there, there has mm-hmm. been a lot of number ones starting. There's more number ones coming in September, so, you know. I was, I was saying times. earlier on Twitter, because it kind of dawned on me, if anyone was looking at, like, they wanted to switch over to being one month behind on uh, DC Online, you know, the, the Ultra, uh, DC Universe, um, now it's probably the best time to do it. Because, sure, you've got a three-month gap, but like, okay, you've got a you've got a two month wait anyway because you've got nightmares. That let's be honest, I don't think anyone cares about. I don't think I've seen anyone be positive or enthusiastic. Like, not necessarily everyone's been negative, but just I don't think I've seen any like. Oh, I, I can't wait for of, night terrors. I think there's a lot of apathy around. Yeah, it's just like oh, this <laughs> is this is a thing they're doing. So. And I feel like if you're taking a two month break from most of your books, I mean, now's the time. Just just take the extra month's break and jump back in. You know, uh, you've got a good jumping back in point. I think that's usually the hardest point about making the switch over to being a month behind is at what point do you decide I'm stopping here right now? Yes, but wait. also shut your mouth because I don't want most of our audience to be a month behind. <laughs> that would be awkward for us. So uh, shut your filthy ginger mouth and let's get on with <laughs> the show. You say that, but if they're all a month behind, you'll just be a month behind. No, I won't. Like, well, when do we decide to make that? We'd have to just take a month off at some point. <laughs> like, when do we decide to do that, to be a month behind? After nightmares. <laughs> the, the truth is, we don't. So, uh, don't listen to Connor. Read your books. I'm saying, look, if you were considering it, and like, you know, especially especially with budgets and, you know, prices being what they are, and, you know, there's a, there's a cost of living crisis, this is probably your best time. What's a banana cost these days anyway? Ten dollars? Yeah. If you're lucky. I like that Matt got that joke, but Connor did not, because Connor's a filthy casual who's not watched the rest of development. Mm-hmm. I got the joke. I've seen I've seen the memes. Yes. It's it's what's a name that says it. Yeah, we see all. Right? I don't know the character's name, I just know the, the I know a face. Right, that was the mom, right? Yes, it's Lucille. Yes. Lucille Booth, yes. So making sure. Uh, R.I.P. Jennifer Walters, who passed away last yeah. year, or yeah. maybe two years ago now. Yeah. But, I think it was still two years ago now. Yeah. It was a little while. Uh, but yes, welcome welcome to the show, everyone. We will start with uh, everyone's favorite segment, it is, and forever will always be, the Comixology <laughs> Top 10. So we're going to look at Tuesday and Wednesday's numbers. It's going to be fun. Everyone's excited. The yeah, Batman. There was literally no Batman books out this week, so ah, uh, uh, but Batman finds a way. Connor is. You made that <laughs> That's joke not before. true. There was there was a Batman book, but I don't think it's going to be in the top. Yeah, but Connor's made that Batman joke book? like ten times before. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the... And one day it'll be right. And one day maybe it'll be funny, but I doubt it. It'll be funny when it's right. 
Hey, I find it funny because he says it every time without fail. It it does that where it's it ceased being funny and now it's back to being funny. <laughs> He's went around into like the uh-huh. run territory where it's so bad that yeah. it's it's become almost uh, slightly good. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, it'll cycle back to being not funny, and now you know. Yeah, he'll be self-aware, Tommy Wiseau, in a few weeks' time, and no yeah. one wants that. <laughs> Uh, all right, Tuesday's top ten as of right now in Comicsology. Matt, do you want to give a serious guess? <laughs> yeah, it's Nightwing. It's not actually. Dang. <laughs> it's Wonder Wonder Woman eight hundred. Yeah, it's Wonder then. Nope. Okay. Uh, it's Titans. It's Titans. Boom. Titans issue two is number one. Number two is Nightwing. So people love the Tom hey, Taylor. Tom-, Tom Taylor sells comics. I don't know if people know this. Mm. Uh, number three is Superman. Number four is Wonder hey. Woman 800. Uh, number five is World's Finest. Number six is Batman White Knight Presents. Uh, There's the Batman book. Whatever that's called. Uh, <laughs> number seven is Cyborg. Number eight is Black Adam. Number nine is The Vigil. And number ten is Batgirls, which I thought there was one issue left, but when I read this week's issue, I went, oh yeah. no, I guess this was the last one because it feels yeah. like the last oh. one. Well, because we commented on it's a shame they didn't just do go to twenty. I remember when when we got the did final they, they? issue announcement. I was convinced it was twenty for some reason yeah. that it was going up to, but whatever. Uh, I know, I know it's the final issue. I know this is probably why it's gotten cancelled because it sells, yeah. but below like something like Black Adam and the Vigil is not yeah. not good numbers. Let's be fair. Well, no, but I mean it's never really been that high. Like. I, 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 it's less surprising to me that that's kind of in this lukewarm spot. I mean, put, I'll put it this way. Catwoman's number 11. Catwoman's even yeah. more. <laughs> Catwoman has always sold badly, and it, it, it won't last long with this team again. I'm sure it'll change, probably, if it doesn't get a nice bump after this crossover. Honestly, I am shocked that Catwoman and Harley Quinn are the two that stick yeah. out in my mind as constantly being really low in these lists. Harley Quinn sells really poorly digitally, but I, you know it, it sells gangbusters with the variants. Mm-hmm. No, and... it, it probably does, but it just it, those are the ones that stick out in my mind that well, despite the popularity of the characters, they always seem to be selling really poorly. So what always gets me there is that these are just the digital numbers, right, that Pete's reading off from Comixology. Of course. So yeah, so those... These are just, you know, they might sell better physically because Batgirls is always, there's, not that there's a hefty stack at my shop, but people are buying it to necessitate there being, you know, quite a few copies. And, sitting and the reality is they there. still base all of their, well, most of their business decisions on the physical sales. I feel mm-hmm. like Batgirls to me strikes me as the book where the audience is pretty dedicated and yeah. probably... After issue one has its initial bump because it's an issue one, I suspect the same 20,000 people or whatever it is yeah, who buy it have consistent. been buying it since then consistently. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that, that was always the joke I always heard about Aquaman is that Aquaman, yeah. like, its, it's ceiling is 30,000 copies pretty much, and it always does that. It never does any better. It generally doesn't do much worse than that either, but, it, but it, there's a ceiling that it just never, you know, penetrates. Yeah. Well, Pete's saying there's only 30,000 Aquaman fans out there. Uh, yes, that's exactly yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. I'm uh, amazed there's that many. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, that, that was uh, Tuesday's books. Uh, so we'll look at Wednesday as well. Uh, any guesses as to the number one book from Wednesday? Let me, let me unclick DC. And yeah, I'm doing the same. Oh, uh, I'm going to guess it's not an X-Men book for once. <gasps> Is it Saga? Nope. Oh, it's Incredible God. Hulk number one. Nope. Damn. It's, an X, it's a bloody X-Men book, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Is it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Well, it's ultimate invasion. God, there it is. It is ultimate invasion. Yeah. And you have been. And am I? Thing. Am I? It's a nine dollar book. Good yes, lord. Yes. Uh, Sixty pages. <laughs> number two is Avengers issue two. Number three is Incredible Hulk issue one. Uh, number four is X Force forty one. Number five is Saga sixty five. Number six is Scarlet Witch annual number six is guardians of the galaxy number eight is betsy braddock captain britain nine is mighty morphin power rangers and ten is new mutants lethal legion so well i'm gonna get that incredible hulk there wasn't any at the shop when i got there but that's philip kenny johnson's hulk book yeah there's a couple of non-marvel books i always like to see a couple of non-marvel books in the Mm -hmm. top especially when they've got no dc to fight off you know Nice mm-hmm. to have a couple of non-Marvel things creep into it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been reading the odd thing. I read, I did checked out that uh, Void Rivals from last week, the the Kirkman surprise book. Oh yeah, uh, there there was indeed some Transformers in there. Um, mm. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. It's 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 less of so I was told, oh, it's a crossover between you know Transformers and GI Joe. That's technically true. It's set in the same universe as those things, but this follows its own thing, and it's so, kind of just going to be in the same universe with those books as they launch later in the year. What you're saying is, is it was more than meets the eye. <laughs> yes. I saw Connor's soul leave his body a little bit there. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. It just went... <laughs> Also, I've just seen that there's a Godzilla book out this week called yeah. Here There Be Dragons, and it's set in the 1500s. Oh, very like, good. I kind of want to read that. But does Godzilla work if there's no buildings to smash into? Castles, Pete. Castles. <laughs> <laughs> Did they not have buildings in the 1500s? He uh, means skyscrapers. Yeah, skyscrapers. Come on. Yeah. He said buildings. Oh, come on. Yeah. A little village hut is not the same as a goddamn skyscraper. And that thing burns fast, too, because okay. they got those straw but From what roofs. I'm gathering from this description, it's Sir Fan- Francis Drake versus Godzilla. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't fancy Drake's chances, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> He'll go down like a bitch, just like Kong did, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> Kong never tapped. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Maintain it. Matt's swimming on a technicality, and he's going to ride that technicality. You know it. I'm going to surf it all the way home. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm literally seeing it's pirates and, and Godzilla. How 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 is this book not number one on this top ten? Uh, because pirates are kind of dull. People don't have taste, Connor. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. more like it. Yeah, Paris kind of lame. So that said, that said, we I didn't know about it until right now. So I didn't, but honestly, I've kind of been out of the loop on a lot of comics lately. Yeah, uh, not DC yeah. and Marvel. On 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 my trip, Connor, have you read Barbaric? No, I've been hearing really good things, and I was yeah. gonna pick up the first hardcover the other day, mm-hmm. and then I found out that they didn't do a hardcover for volumes two or three. They just went to straight to paperbacks, and I was like, yeah. well, that's annoying. So yeah. I'll pick uh, it up digitally when it goes on sale. Because I don't know if they were exercised, but that first trade is only three issues. So, you know, if you're looking at the hardcover, it might be easier just to get the paperback. I read, yeah, but I don't, so, like, I don't have paperbacks on my shelf that much. I uh, it's, it's a space thing. It's like hardcovers on the shelf. If it's going to be paperback, I'll just read mm-hmm. it digitally. Would someone yeah. actually say what this is for the audience? 
Oh, so so Barbaric is is a book by Michael Marici. I forget the yes. I forget the artist's name, but it is essentially it, it's a fantasy book where there's this barbarian that's gone around and just ravaged his whole life, but um, ends up with a curse on him by these witches that now he has to do good. And, and uh, with that curse, his axe becomes enchanted, and now will you know is essentially his conscience. And if people are ready to like you know. Like he can't kill an innocent person. It's so like when the book opens, this um, cleric tries to have him render, you know, executions on, on you know, this guy that murdered people. Another was a thief, and I forget what the third guy does, but he can't kill the thief because the guy was stealing for his family. So like the axe, you know, well, the guy I can't kill that. It, it's a very interesting book. Um, so uh, first three issues are a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. I've been, oh, I've been trying to read more non-Marvel DC mm-hmm. stuff lately. I read the yep. latest uh, Bone Orchard Mythos book mm-hmm. from Lemire and Sorrentino. Mm-hmm. So it was the second one of those. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a five-issue mini called 10,000 Black Feathers. That was mm-hmm. excellent, just like the first uh, OGN that they did for it. Yep. I think the third series, which is like a 10-issue series, just started like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I, I'll either wait for the hardcover because it, it'll match the other two, or I'll just cave and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read uh, Carly, which is like a, it's an original graphic novel. I can't remember the name of the team. The artist, and it's the art that shines. Mm-hmm. He's one of the uh, the regular Mondo artists before you know Mondo Mary. got imploded. Right. Very um, the the picture you shared of it from the cover. Very clean, thick lines. Yeah, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. It's yeah. it's a very, I mean, the the story. It's it's a pretty basic revenge mm-hmm. kind of you know revenge action thriller. Mm-hmm. But is, is it is in gorgeous. you know is the name uh, in in the Hindu god of death? Is, is that what it's mm-hmm. invoking, Kali? Yeah, Kali Ma. Yeah, well, it, it will be. Yeah. There's a double reference, but yeah. I was thinking Carly Ridge Apson, but okay. <laughs> That's Carly. That's a little bit different. That's what I thought you said, to be honest. <laughs> no, Carly. <laughs> so. Apparently, she had a great yeah. set of Glastonbury the other night. There you go. Good for her, I suppose. I mean, you can watch it online, you know. If, if, yeah. if I've heard at least three of her songs, okay? Yeah. Uh, which is, I which... really like her new album, not gonna lie. Which is good for uh, any modern artist, as far as my awareness of them goes. If I know three of your songs, then you're a star, okay? Which three <laughs> songs do you know? Uh, Call Me Maybe, Run Away mm-hmm. me, uh, With Me, and I Like You. Or I Really Like You, whatever is the exact... That's the only time he's ever said that to Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's, that's three of her songs. That's three of her songs. I can't name a fourth, though. I can't name a fourth. I'm trying to think of a fourth, but I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't name one past Call Me Maybe, so... I mean, the, the new album, the big one that's... You know, if you might have heard out in public, it'd be like, uh, it's Loneliest Time. Like, it's, you know, if you go in the shops, you might have heard it, because mm. it's just everywhere at the minute. Yeah. Well, Everywhere I go, I hear that, and Miley Cyrus's uh, Flowers. I probably know the same amount of Carly Rae Jepsen songs as I do Iron Maiden songs, to be honest. So let that sink in. How? <laughs> mm. That's just insanity. Yeah. No More Lies. Dance with the Dead. 
Uh, these are really obscure picks. Yeah, I thought not. No, no number of the beast. It was the one album the I listened to. That's why I know those ones. <laughs> it's such a weird album to have listened to. <laughs> oh, and the famous one that I, I couldn't even recognize if I heard it, but I know "Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter" is a famous yeah. song. So oh, that, that's one. I wouldn't know if I heard it though. Well, I would, probably would if they actually say the phrase. But yeah. they do. They yeah. do say the phrase. Yeah, but you know, I, I wouldn't know from the like. I wouldn't know from the intro chords or anything like that. You know, I'd have to wait until they say it. That's such a weird selection. <laughs> like of all the songs you could have named, I would not have put money on any of those three. And how many albums do they have, Connor? Oh, fifty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so, at least twenty on it. So he's pulling some real obscure ones <laughs> off of the. Yeah, I, I'd of have the thought like discography. I say Number of the Beast, uh, yeah. The Trooper, Two Minutes to Midnight. Mm. Those are probably the three most famous ones. Not even ringing a bell. Any of those? Fear of the Dark. Mm. Ah, sorry. <sighs> In- insane. You need to listen to more Maiden. You've you've not listened to the best parts of Maiden. Clearly. That's entirely possible. I've listened to literally one album of Iron Maiden. I like it well <laughs> enough, to be fair. But not, not enough it's, till it's, to get to the other 49, though. Yeah, it's a pretty early album where they're quite quite a different sound to some of the, like, once you get to like, the, the 90s where they have the, like, the, the clean tone guitars, mm. uh, which is my preferred era of Iron Maiden. Uh, very, very different sound. I just enjoy triggering Connor with weird music. That's like... Yeah. Of all the songs you could have named, that's yeah. like no, no one would have put money on it being those three. <laughs> that's why he's the wild card, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was true wild card behavior. Uh-huh. I'm fine with that when it comes to music. But shall we get into September solicits for DC Comics, everyone? Yeah, because I didn't realize this was this week. And, like, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't either. Joe, you know so weird I about this? Is because a lot of the books are taken two months off, a lot of these are literally the next issue from the, what we read today. <laughs> It's like issue three of this issue. Yes, <laughs> uh, it'll be fresh. So uh, that said, there's a few new things. Uh, kick it off. So this is September's DC Comics solicits. We have Batman and Robin issue one by Joshua Williamson and Simon DeMeo. Uh, Simone. Oh, sorry, Simone DeMeo. Sorry. Uh, so I th- did we hear about this before? It this seems familiar, but I also don't remember actually hearing yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't it. remember hearing what it was about, but just maybe Williamson was doing a Batman and Robin book? I don't remember, but also I, f- I just assume it was announced and I tuned it out because Williamson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all pretty lukewarm on Williamson right now. That said, though, my favorite thing he's written was the Robin book, so if that has some mm-hmm. of that DNA in it because he's doing more Damien... Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. It'd be fun. Well, and, and based off of what it says here too about it, you know, as as for Batman versus Robin and Night Terrors, a lot's happened to the dynamic duo, yeah. but now they're back together and ready to fight crime in Gotham, just in time for Batman's most monstrous rogues you know to team up and turn the city into an urban jungle. So that does sound more like Robin. There's like a, a will, pulpy funness to it. I'll put it this way: if Detective Comics is the A tier book, this could be a fun B tier Batman book because the yeah. main Batman book right now is uh at like a d level for me <laughs> so oh, i just realized we're gonna get further down these solicits and gonna be that bloody crossover yep, yep. oh get ready another uh, villain has taken over gotham everyone for the fifth time in the last two years or whatever it is Gotham cannot catch a break man it's actually longer does, than that but it feels like that <laughs> yeah how does anyone still live there that's what i want that's, to know. that's the baffling, it's cheap yeah, yeah it, it must has be. to be dirt cheap 
that's that's probably accurate more interesting more exciting mm-hmm. uh, we were praising the news of this in the last couple i don't know if matt was here for this actually i don't think matt was no, here this. no but uh, I, I remember being in the airport when this dropped so yeah yeah uh birds of prey issue one by kelly thompson and leonardo romero uh of course we talked about this as it was revealed over the last couple of weeks uh super mm-hmm. excited that thompson's finally at dc couldn't be happier uh again how does matt feel about the lineup good question that's your cue matt sorry i missed what connor said all i heard was something about the lineup he said how does matt feel about the lineup oh it's fine as long as batgirl and and uh and canary are there i can deal with a revolving door if you will or if this is just the solid lineup but like i like barda enough uh zealot's a weird choice Uh, and of course harley yeah but i'm curious to see how kelly thompson uh writes harley because i don't think I'm trying to think back to the the DC stuff that Thompson wrote. Not a lot. I think, yeah. So, uh, but it's Leonard Romero too, and that was the the Hawkeye and West Coast Avengers team. So I'm I'm very mm. excited. No, I am super pumped for this. Even a character like Zella, I think it's much easier mm-hmm. to make me care about one character that I don't know than a whole team yeah. like you know Wildcats had that. Problem. Yeah, like even if you don't care about Harley so much, you're familiar with her. It's, yeah. it's like you, you know what to expect. And well, as, and getting her out of the Suicide Squad too, I think that's a good that's a good move. And as I said, yeah, no, uh, when this, I said this when it came up as well, but you know, Thompson made me read a Rogan Gambit book, and I cannot stand Gambit, so uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think she'll be fine with Harley. Just a, just a sneaking suspicion. So yeah. uh, we got that. We got Blue Beetle issue one. This is Josh Trujillo, who's been doing the uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the mini series, the... the graduation, the yep. mini series. Uh, and Adrian Gutierrez, who I think was also the artist on that book as well. I think so. That sounds right. Sounds familiar. Yeah, just just from yeah, doing so the list kind of like uh, a, names. Yeah. A sequel on from that book, I guess. I think yeah. so. I think this is just yeah, basically turning it into an ongoing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, the movie's and, coming out, so it makes I was sense. Say, that's right around the time the movie should be due, right? Movie mm-hmm. will be out in August, I think. So this will be about a month after. I, it's very notable that if you look at the date, this is the fifth of September. Mm-hmm. Again, this out as close to that movie as possible. Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't break the night terrors to get their Blue Beetle book out a little earlier. I don't, there's something smart for it to not be like bang on. I think because you don't want to be too early with comic stores because too early and it's gone. But the idea if it, if it's like a week or two after the movie comes yeah. out, people see the movie and they're like, oh hey, you know, they'll go into a comic store the next weekend. And maybe this will be there waiting then. Maybe. Maybe. It's optimistic, but <laughs> it is optimistic. Well, I, like, maybe I, I just thing. know that Marvel when, when Ant Man came out, right, the movie, uh, they had that first trade ready to go, uh the Nick Spencer series. Yeah. I think the trade I, I immediately would have been went smart, but they have got they can throw a graduation day yeah. to trade. There too. And given that the character's just finishing high school in the movie, the graduation day trade probably will mm-hmm. feel quite yeah, fitting nice. to go to go with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, we have the Flash issue one. This is a new mm-hmm. series launching after eight hundred, of course, with Cy Spurrier and Mike Diodato Jr. Um, I quite enjoyed the tease of this uh, in issue mm-hmm. eight hundred. Did you uh, get a chance to read that yet, Matt? Oh yeah, I read that. Uh, uh, very very. A lot of fun stuff in there, but yeah, that Cy Spurrier story was a, a bit, you know, cosmic horror-y with Wally. That's a new new kind of vibe, so that's cool. Yeah. So, no, it had me optimistic for this, so looking forward to it. Um, I suppose this and Wonder Woman get the benefit of because they're starting fresh after Night Terrors, the gap doesn't feel that bad for them, but, uh, yeah. you know, 
everything else <laughs> less so yeah uh so this is something that actually got announced before last week's episode and we just uh didn't notice Did we it. Miss it yeah oh. uh so but we have a second green lantern book coming it's uh green lantern war journal issue one by philip kennedy johnson and it is spinning out of the backup that's in the uh the current green okay. lantern book yep. i stand by what we said about that backup then that it shouldn't be just a backup that it, it honestly it probably should have just been a a first issue of this book mm-hmm. or uh, a one shot to lead into they've, it, maybe. They've been doing that a lot lately because that's also how the Robin book started. Remember, it was in the backups. I was a two part backup story. Yeah, I remember yeah. that in Detective. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is going to be at least three parts because it said yeah. continues after Night Terrors. Yeah, so. no, if, right. if you look at the uh, the solicit for Green Lantern later, it says it actually calls it a lead in to this now. So right, so it's right. it's a three part. Each one's been about eight pages. We could have had just a one shot. Right. Or that could have just been issue one or issue zero, whatever. Yeah, like take a yeah. But um, mm. no, I mean, I, I think obviously I like Johnson as a writer, and I, I I'm seeing glimpses of mm-hmm. stuff I like in that backup, but it it it's not got enough pages. We were talking about this last week that it just doesn't have yeah. enough to really hook you on what it's doing. So I'm glad this exists. I'm glad that there's a second Green Lantern book, and I'm glad it's him writing it. It's kind of frustrating though, because I think I'd be more excited for this book if I didn't have that if that backup didn't exist and hadn't slightly soured me on this team and this book already right because it's not that that backup's bad but i'm like i'm really struggling with it and i feel like if it didn't exist and i hadn't read that at all and then i saw this announcement i'd be more excited i think that's a bit harsh i don't think i feel soured i'm excited for this because i think this will work i'm sure it'll work probably even if you hadn't read the backup so Hopefully, I, I think I think you know this will give Johnson room to breathe to actually establish all these ideas that he's trying to do, and we'll see from there. Uh, I'm not familiar with um, Montos, the artist. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not those backups. Is it the same artist? I'm ninety percent sure of that. Oh, that art was pretty good then. Oh, so okay. I gotta read. Um, that's one of the books I didn't get to. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta get there. I'm double check real quick. The the specter of this book is what got a person uh, to say that I wasn't a real Green Lantern fan online months ago. So that was uh, Not that Matt holds check. grudges uh, or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, famously not. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, why are you getting upset right? for a book that hasn't Mash, been announced it's yet? Fine. It's fine. It's okay. Some random dude on the internet months ago said something mean about you. It's okay. I'm just saying, they were getting upset. Matt, have you been on the internet before? Yes. <laughs> are you but sure? Because you're taking this very personally. Well, no, don't call me a fake Green Lantern fan because see, I think don't, it's stupid. See, yeah. Matt, it's fine. Just cut it. No. Cut it. Okay. No. Just cut. Deep I'm breaths, just, Matt. I'm just saying there's room for a Hal Jordan book and a uh, John Stewart book. <laughs> they don't have to both be Hal Jordan, right? Carter, what you said? It is, ex- it is the same artist as the backup, okay. so this feels like it's very much a direct continuation from that. Okay. <laughs> Do I hold grudges? Y'all should know. Oh, oh, we know. We're just making fun of you for it, Matt. That's that's yes, the point. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot better than I used to be, believe it or not. <laughs> Matt in his early twenties must have been like a nuclear. Oh, time bro, you fun. have no idea. All right, uh, so uh, then we have Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War Battle Lines issue one. Guys, like I'm six honest, dollars. I'm skipping this. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to read this after yeah. got two issues of Night Terrors and they're six dollar yeah uh, I'll have enough Batman with tech and with, with the new Batman and Robin Williamson book so we're okay 
Ah, uh, it makes me laugh. Uh, Smash cutting out of me going like, I can't believe I'm reading this. Yeah. That... Every time Matt says he's not what? reading something, he reads it. Do you know what it'll be? It'll be a quiet week. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. Matt, you should just read it because there's not a lot of books. We might as well have something to talk about. We could talk about how bad it is. And... David, do you want to just uh, timestamp this now? <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> so make can... a note for, for in September. Oh, shoot. Just... I'm looking at what the next thing is and I can't completely skip the event because of, the... <laughs> of the creative team on the next book. So great. Well, you mean Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Red Hood issue one? Yes. Sorry, is Matt excited for a Red Hood book? What's happening? <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for the writer and the artist. So, Go ahead and yeah. pronounce the artist's name for me, Matt. Go on. I believe it's uh, Chemeshka, because I looked it up because okay. that, well, that was sounds the, not bad. Yeah, that was the the artist that did the Zatanna and Batman in um, Urban Legends. Like I'm just saying, if you've got three different accents over different letters yes. of your name, I'm 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 terrified of it. I'm not going to say it. Yep. <laughs> I think it's Chemeshka, which you know. Yeah, uh, look at some of those Czech names in hockey. And, you get practice. Uh, yeah, Matt Rosenberg is the uh, the writer on this bad boy. Uh, and two then, issue mini. Yeah, yeah, they're all two issue minis. The tie-ins to this. Uh, yeah, yeah. just just are. making it clear in case you know this, this is the first one. Yeah, Batman one three seven, of course, is the first Batman issue related to this crossover, and then also Catwoman fifty seven, likewise. So George Jimenez, why are you doing this to me? I love your art so much. Or hey, Matt. Or hey, I mean <laughs> George. Sorry, I worked with the George that spelled it the same way. Right? It's <laughs> well, George to me. I actually did once as well, but then he really yes. revealed that it's actually Jorge. He just yeah. tell he just tells everyone else George because he he, he got sick of it's people easy. butchering it. The only right. George I can think of that spells it that way mm-hmm. is George from Halo Reach. Hmm? A video game character. That's it. Everyone else it's it's Jorge. Yes. So what you're saying is, is that uh, uh, Bungie are, are hacks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess their own is uh, yeah, future spellings have changed. Cultural mixings. <laughs> it's, it's, no, no, but like cultural like mixings in hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. So Blade Runner, everyone speaks a, a combination of Korean, Spanish, and English. That sounds a lot like Speed Force, bro. I ain't got to explain shit. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I was saying it was, it was an evolution of language and cultures mixing in 200, 300 years' time with global government. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the Penguin issue too. This is the Tom King series uh, that's coming. Mm-hmm. So very intrigued by that. And that appears to be the character that was introduced in Killing Time on that cover, Matt, unless I'm mistaken. It does. Looks like the help. Yeah. So that's kind it, of exciting. It does say that yeah. in the uh, in the description okay. as well. Oh, yes, there he is. For sure, the help. The merciless stuff. Which is good, because I like Killing Time. That might be my favorite uh, Tom King Batman thing. I thought uh, you were going to say a favorite Tom King thing. I was going to be like, no. I'll eat the map, but really? Sorry, human target exists. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got like four all-timers at this point. No. But no, between it's between his Batman, it's between that and then the Mr. Freeze story mm. uh, with, with Bruce on the jury. That was that was strong as well. But um, yeah, he just teased with the help and, and I'll probably read. Yeah. I think you weren't going to read that anyway. Uh, True. Batman Brave and the Bold, issue five. Notably, this has the fifth and final part of uh, this, you know, the, the well, the Tom King the story, you know, the, the first Joker Batman uh, conflict, which was re- the first part of was excellent. Like, it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So, I was going to read the first issue of this to start catching up on it uh-huh. this week. And then I saw how many pages it was and went, eh, I'll read oh, it later. Well, I'll put it this just for clarification, Connor. We didn't read anything past the first no. story. 
Oh, okay. We just yeah. read the Tom King story, and it's worth is reading that, that story. Standard length. Yeah, it's about twenty pages okay. or so. Yeah. Is it, is it your Tom King or my Tom King worth reading? Did you like the Riddler one bad day one shot? Uh, more than a lot of his other stuff recently. Let then me you'll like that. Give it a try then. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything about it, but just go in and yeah. Um, Going with with no what, what's the word not not prejudices but like anything that like if you're tired of the Joker just put all that to the side and just read it for the story. And it, it's I, gonna... I I did plan on reading it. It wasn't like I was going to skip it entirely. It was just a case of I saw the page count. I was like, yeah. I don't want to read that right now. And I wanted to read the Superman story that was in one of the backups. Just that week there was not enough time. And uh, yeah, yeah. So no, I am looking forward to. Uh... To more of that, but um, what do we have? Yeah, Detective Comics one thousand seventy four. Uh, so continuing Ram V's run. What a cover! Like, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, most of the covers, but yeah, but this one especially that's yeah. got some some cool stuff going. Yeah. Uh, we have Nightwing one hundred six. Uh, is that a big octopus I see on this cover? It is. It's doing sea terrors, which means yeah. I'm going to love it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, very good. Uh, then we have Harley Quinn thirty two. We have Poison Ivy issue 14. Hey, let's go. Is that Bloom that's on the cover there? Oh. Uh, or it's Floronic Man, judging by how the last issue ended. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I just saw a flowery like, face and thought. It, does say, it also says a brand new villain in the Poison Ivy. Oh, Pantheon. maybe it's yeah. a new villain then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then Wonder Woman issue one, the Tom King series, we know is coming uh, with mm-hmm. art by Daniel Sampier. And we got Power Girl issue one, which is kind of spinning out of those backups that Leah Williams did. She's writing this uh, with Eduardo Pansica and Julio Ferrara on the art. So he's getting a Gary Frank cover. Mm. All right. As if Matt didn't want this book enough. Right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna get it anyways. But yeah. 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 But he probably just jumped to physical. I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Fire and Ice. Welcome to Smallville issue one. Uh, yeah, there's this a while ago, but like, I'd forgotten mm-hmm. about it, its existence entirely. So, uh, nice to be reminded. Uh, Green Lantern issue three. Um, again, still has the backup, uh, but I presume the backup will change soon after that issue mm-hmm. uh, to something else. That or it'll go down to not having one. Possibly, which would be fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shazam issue three. Uh, Mark Wade series with Dan Mora. Of course, Dan Mora continues it's got to be eight the what was that, Matt? It's got apes in it. I'm excited. <laughs> Matt, you're such a simple, simple man at times. <laughs> uh, Titans issue three, uh, Taylor and Scott. I kind of hate we have to wait months <laughs> that, now for yeah. issue three. I know, I know. <laughs> that does not look good for Tempest. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, there's definitely some stuff in this issue that feels a yeah. bit off with Tempest, so we'll talk about that yeah. later. So I, I'm appreciating that, that Newsarama now has is it's, it's I'm being able to see all the covers as of right now, but they don't have any of the variants. They don't this uh, month, no. To click through, because I want to know what the Jim Bartel cover is. I, uh, it's possible they haven't been released to them. That could be. Yeah, but none of these things have variants, so maybe that's mm-hmm. DC have changed their policy about what they release right. early, or... Who knows Unless what. they've got a separate article on it for mm. for covers. They've done that in the past. Uh, Cyborg issue three uh, mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, then we have Superman issue six. That's a good cover. Mm. Uh, Action Comics 1057. Also a pretty good cover. I would yeah. Say. <laughs> yeah. Just swinging. Yeah, very pretty. Um, I've been loving these Steve Beach covers for action. I think they've been a nice... Like, ever since yeah. he started doing them, I've just kind of liked them all. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, they all feel like uh, like poster quality. You know. Yeah, really good stuff. Green Arrow issue four, uh, with Williamson. Then we have Hot <sighs> Girl issue three. Uh, we have got Superboy: The Man of Tomorrow issue six, which is the final issue of that miniseries. Uh, Steelworks issue four. We got Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue six, which is not the final issue. I thought this was six issues, but it's seven apparently. Yeah. So, I'll, oh, okay. I'll I'll take the extra one. Yes, yeah, let's not sure. I'll complain about that. I know. If you want, hey, if you want the uh, October, it's listed to say seven of eight and keep keep it going. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so, uh, DC's ghouls just want to have fun. <laughs> issue one. This is their uh, annual October <sighs> anthology. Special. And this is the first week of October. They're just solicited early for some yeah. reason. Yeah, uh, and I, I have to say it's mostly creators that I do not recognize. Like I recognize yeah. Dexter Soy in the artist list, but there's a lot of names that I'm not recognizing from anywhere. Yeah, but the the story is on here, right? It says you know Superman imprisoned by an unfriendly ghost, Man Bat versus a werewolf, Mary Marvel and Doctor Psycho crashing a Halloween frat party. Uh, seems like a lot of fun fun ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a new Black Label book that we heard about in the last couple of weeks, which is Batman Gargoyle of Gotham uh, by Raphael Grampa, uh, which does seem like it might be quite good. And it says also there's a, a noir edition as well. Ah, oh, yeah, black, uh, black and white. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm looking forward, because honestly, Black Label have been pretty good. Is a, is a line. I mean, they're quite few and far between these days, but mm-hmm. when they do have one out, it does feel like a special book, so... Uh, be curious to see that. Uh, Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor, issue two. This is the Wade book. This is issue two of three. Um, which I don't... It is actually a black label. I was, I was going to say, I'm not sure if it's actually classified as black label, but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, but it's prestige size yeah. issues. Uh, so we have Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker, issue five. We got Batman issue one facsimile edition. That can't be the first time that's had There's a... There's a bunch of facsimile yeah. editions now. But that yeah. can't be the first time that's had a facsimile edition. Like, issue one? I, I, I'm i sure that's happened before. Yeah. It must have Well, done. is this the first one with the credit to Bill Finger? Solo writing credit? Oh, maybe, actually. Yeah, maybe that's... That's pretty cool. ...part of the reason for it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Detective Comics 58 facsimile, Flash 105 facsimile, Wonder Woman issue 1 facsimile... Uh, Jeez. That, yeah. It's the Perez one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from the 80s. So, yeah. Uh, there we got Batman Beyond Neo Gothic, issue 3. We got Batman Incorporated, issue 12. Uh, not a final issue? Still not a final issue, apparently. Okay. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't say it's a final issue, so. Yeah. Maybe Ghostmaker's a hit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it, but <laughs> maybe. Uh, World's Finest, issue 19. Uh, up next uh, with Riddler on the cover the mm-hmm. Riddler story it's a great cover uh, then we got City Boy issue 5 which has got some Swamp Thing on the cover yeah uh, that could be an interesting thing he explores you know City Boy and Swamp Thing is like you know because mm-hmm. he feels cities and senses them Swamp Thing right. obviously feels nature Green. and all that so right. makes a lot of sense Danger Street issue 9 uh, with another fantastic cover here Honestly, I thought that book was over already. Oh, no, no, no. We've got... No, that's uh, 12 issues. Yeah. So, no, very good. Uh, it's just, uh, basically a building, like a skyscraper, and there's like two people fighting on the roof. And they're too small to really see who they are. Maybe if I saw it in bigger mm-hmm. size, I could tell. But uh, they're being struck by lightning, and it's actually like messing up the text of the, the title. Uh, 
Judging by the solicitor, I'm going to guess it's a Manhunter and codename Assassin. Yeah, that's, Assassin and... yeah. Uh, that's the most likely pairing based on the, the story so far anyway. but Well, it looks like they're fighting with swords or something mm. at the top. Yeah. So uh, We got Fables 161. We got Harley Quinn Black, White and Redder, issue 3. We have Looney Tunes 274, Mad Magazine 34. We got Peacemaker Tries Hard, issue 5. Spirit <laughs> World, issue 5. We have Static Shadows of Dakota, issue 7, which is the final issue of that book. We have Superman Lost, issue 6, uh, of 10, of course. Uh, Tales of the Titans, issue 3, by Steve Orlando. We have The Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, issue 12. The Joke of the Man Who Stopped Laughing, issue 10, which is still going. Really? Okay. Uh, we have Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House, issue 5. We have The Vigil, issue 5. Wildcats, mm-hmm. issue 11. World's Finest Teen Titans issue 3 which I forgot that was a thing but yeah me too that's probably because it's not started yet and I, yeah. I, that's one thing we've got to look forward to in these uh, Night Terrors months we've got this starting we got that you got the Hot Girl yeah Hot Girl starting in the next couple of months and I think there was one other thing that we've mentioned in these solicits that must be still starting in the next couple yeah, there was, there's, a, there's a few books there's still going. There's at least going. one other, like, issue three. Yeah, there's a few books that are still going as well throughout these couple of months. It's just none of the... Uh, none of the main ones. None of the main, like, universe stuff. So, that is just the collections, which I'll just run off, run off quickly. You get Riddler Year One. You got Sama Universe Dead Boy Detectives. You got Batman Three Jokers. You got Static Shadows of the Dakota. Icon vs. Hardware. Joker. One Operation Joker Volume 2. We got Superman vs. Meshi, Volume 2. We have Batman, Wayne Family Adventures, Volume 2. Vixen, NYC, Volume 2. Superman, Volume 1, Supercorp. Adventures of Superman, John Kent. Superman, The War World Saga, uh, paperback of that. And, um, oh, that's a meaty paperback. Yeah. Yeah, 700 pages. 700 pages, that's, that's hefty. $60. That's, to be fair... Yeah, for 700 pages, that doesn't seem that yeah. bad, Matt. That's like what? No, no, no. Seven... Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying for 700, that's a deal. Yeah. 17 issues of action, couple of annuals, and then one, two, three, four specials and a two-issue mini. That's, yeah, that's hefty. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty hefty. It's basically an omnibus, an all but yeah. name. Um, Lost Children. We got Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods. Absolute Dark Knight New Edition. Uh, which is both Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Strikes Again, uh, which has always felt a bit scummy to me. They're, they're basically forcing people to pay for the one that no one wants <laughs> so yeah. they can have Absolute Dark Knight. It is, but it's not that much more expensive than other Absolutes anyway. I mean, that's fair, but it would be much cheaper, though, if it was only the four Dark Knight Returns issues. Because keep, keep in mind, Dark Knight Strikes Again, isn't that like 12 issues or something like that? No, it's just four. Is it just four? Okay, they're big. they're big issues, though, right? Because the trade I remember being quite thick for what it is. We're just going to awkwardly sit here whilst Connor looks at his bookshelf. I don't know which shelf it's on. I I have the Noir edition, which is quite hefty somewhere. I I think they're like 50-page issues, if I remember right, but... Probably. It's like 500 pages for the the eight issues. So, anywho, we get Aquaman Andromeda, which I highly recommend, everyone. Make sure you check out that. Uh, mm-hmm. Gotham by Gaslight 2023 edition, Batman Reptilian new edition, uh, that's the Garth Ennis book. 
uh batman the hush saga omnibus this is interesting actually this is so this is obviously the hush story but it's also mm-hmm. all the streets of gotham stuff that involved hush uh, that paul denny did interesting collection but i do oh, i like all that stuff a lot yeah no so do i um if anything i might like that stuff more than hush itself to be yeah. honest hush well, is, hush is not the best story i think it's possibly the best f- beginner batman story though like you know there's like someone's first batman story i mm-hmm. think it's great for that because it's like here's a rundown of a bunch of villains it looks great you know you know it's like you know almost yeah. like a little greatest hits yeah it was an excuse for jim lee to draw dc characters yeah 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 and it's it's a lot of fun but it's not a great story you know and I, I do like what it leads to though you know because yeah. i do like hush as a character and the reveal of who it is and then i like hearts or heart of hush even more yeah that's yeah, in I like here. That a lot more yeah the gotham night story or issues are in here the detective comics which is the heart of hush stuff and then all the streets of gotham issues that uh, kind of finished off all the hush story of that time period yeah. so and a brand new short story from batman hush 20th anniversary edition that's cool oh very good uh so no that's an interesting collection we got catwoman volume 3 duchess of gotham DC New Frontier, the Deluxe Edition, New Edition, uh, Ex Machina, the Omnibus, New Edition as well. Mm-hmm. So that's there. We got Fables, the Deluxe Edition, Book 16. Uh, GLA, GSA, Virtue and Vice. Uh, Commandy, Last Boy on Earth by Jack Kirby, Volume 2. Super Sons Omnibus, Super Duper Edition, which is basically, this is a reprint. Because they did an Omnibus before they did the second series, I think, and they did an Omnibus with everything. And this is a reprint of that Omnibus with maybe a few extra bits and pieces. Has it got any of the newest stuff? It has a story from Robin's 80th anniversary. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So, it's kind of weird that this, this... of all the omnibuses I can think of that have been reprinted, this is the one that seems to have had more content put in it every time, making the previous versions kind of redundant. Obsolete. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, because normally it's, oh, it's got a different cover, it's just a new print, and so it's available, but you're not missing out if you got the older version. In some cases, you are better getting the new version because DC's bindings used to be awful. Yeah, it's gotten better, but, you know, as far as the content goes, there's nothing. Yeah, there might be better quality bindings now, but the content's mm-hmm. mostly the same on the vast majority of them. Uh, whereas this one, it feels like like every time it's been like, ah, no, this is like a Game of the Year edition, where you get the yeah. extra bits and pieces that were included before. It feels like they kind of rushed that first one out. Yeah. Uh, Superman for All Seasons getting a new printing, so mm-hmm. that's there. Superman Unchained, Deluxe Edition, new printing. Uh, Detective Chimp Casebook, Human Target Volume 1, soft cover. I assume that already had a hardcover. Uh, Must have done. Yeah, Titans mm-hmm. United Blood Pact, Waller vs. Wildstorm hardcover, Wonder Woman Evolution, and that wraps up the September solicits. Bada bing! Oof, that was a lot. Hefty, hefty solicits. There's a lot. There's a few interesting new things in there, though, which is always nice to see. Uh, so. More importantly, there was no nightmares. <laughs> Were you even here for the last two months of solicits? No, I was here for the second month. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That was definitely a quicker solicit, though, because I also just listed the names because there was no point in talking about them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, here's all the books that are coming. Keep Just remember these. On you go. Yeah. So there you go. That's what's coming in September. Um. So, yeah. Uh, but that, that, uh, that'll that do that. Um, do you know, it's, it's kind of warm today. It was actually quite nice for the last, like, three or four days, but I'm feeling quite warm right now. 
it it's 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 more than warm you know yeah so, i mean it might crack 100 today here yeah sounds no. like hell yeah uh, yeah i don't know what that is in real degrees but like 40 i think yeah yeah Something like that. hell 40 a number that we've never hit is basically hey, yeah we did last if... year well london did so that did Scotland, yeah, but not. that's no okay, but <laughs> that's still like you say, you know, collectively, we in this country that's huge. We did never hit 40 before, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I was at like 38, 38 point something, but it was yeah, but right now outside my house, it's in your degrees 33. Hell, so it's quite that, nice today. That may be the peak of what I've ever felt here, and that's not something we get every year, 33. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you get used to it. Well, we've not been anywhere close to that recently. The the, the hottest has not, been. Were you not there last year? Maybe that day it hit forty in London, but that was yeah, it. Yeah, we were we we were at we were at thirty three to thirty eight for that entire like ten day stretch. But I mean, like typically the high like today's hitting at twenty four, and that's the highest it's pretty much hit this year. Oh no, we had twenty eight the other day, and that was awful. Like yeah. last week. Oh, it's always harder for you than it is for me, and I, I relish it. it, it is. Uh, I hate it so much. It's been 26 here today, and it's been awful. Luckily, it doesn't go higher than 19 for me for the next, like, week and a half after today. So. I have 26 again tomorrow. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I, 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 I can see Matt being no smug being like, 26, but... Oh man, twenty six here is when, so I was in I was in Halifax and it was seventy eight degrees, so that's probably what in your guys is about. I'm trying to remember what they said. Um Was it kind of you Celsius? Huh? They do. But mm. I was going off on my phone. So seventy eight is I'm gonna say twenty five like and a half. Twenty five, yeah. Okay. So but it was like eighty eight percent humidity. And so it, I'm, I'm not used to that. Yeah, so I've that been, was, we've been at 65 percent humidity today with 26 yeah. degrees, and that's been not not ideal. So the worst part was... is like, I get home from work, it's like two three a.m. It's it's like a nice cool like 12 to 13 degrees outside. It's really nice, you know. And then I get in the front door, and it's so hot. And I look at the the thermostat that tells me the temperature in the room, and it's like 27 degrees. Uh, it's just awful. I, I the my, my front room has not been below twenty four degrees in like two weeks, and it's horrible. There is nothing I can do to get it any cooler. Ah, well, that's the the fires of hell of which Connor has earned somehow. <laughs> It'll be a somehow. Soon. Yeah, but if if I'm regularly hitting that temperature, it means you're regularly hitting like thirty five. So that's why oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You always, always come here, Connor. You'll, you'll incinerate. Oh, that's why I'm not going. <laughs> I can't cope with that. Yeah. What we should do? Anyway. Is, you remember when David Blaine did that thing in London where he was just in the glass box for like a, I do uh, remember a that, month, yeah. right? We should do that with Connor, but in uh, Vegas, right? So yeah. it's, the, it's the desert I heat. I will be dead within eighteen hours. <laughs> yeah. The desert heat. He would be ash. We'll call it a ginger in a box. <laughs> Also, we can't. Bones. Yeah, but we couldn't actually put him like near air flight because the sun would come off of his ginger skin. Like a, like <laughs> a mirror. It'd be a light. It'd be a beam of light, and it was. Yeah. yeah. The planes would start thinking it was a landing Ding. strip nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, but yeah, no. 
Uh, it's been it's been kind of nice playing football this morning was a little bit warm stale outside so that wasn't fun all right let's uh get into the comic books for the week then uh, we'll start with wonder woman issue 800 which uh is in two parts the first two thirds are a story from the current team that are ending their run mm-hmm. and the last third is the the new tom king uh sort of tease for his run uh, with the introduction to trinity um so I started reading the first story and then kind of got what it was doing with like jumping through dreams and then I just kind of mm-hmm. skimmed through the rest of it because I didn't really want to read it. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, just to sum it up from what I got was uh, it's, it's, it was, it's doing that kind of special anniversary issue thing where it's just a reason for Wonder Woman to have like a one-on-one talking about the meaning of being a hero to the various Different. Wonder Girls. You know, so it's Yara. Extended Batman's point. Yeah, there's a Yara, and then it's Donna, and then it's Cass, and then it's the Trinity, so it's, you know, Batman and then Superman. Yeah, so I got up to the point where I saw the pearls, and I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing the pearls you know, in a Wonder Woman book. Fun, fun fact I learned about uh, yeah. the, the pearls in general is, yeah. uh, like, actual, like, you know, expensive pearl uh-huh. necklaces. Mm-hmm. They tie knots between each pearl, so if it does snap... <laughs> You they don't won't. lose all of them. You'll only lose like. So, are, are you saying that Thomas Wayne cheaped out for Martha? I, I kind of am, yeah. <laughs> I actually know uh, what I think is is that that was a change in the industry after uh, the murder of the Waynes. It, it, yeah, because of that. the Waynes. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 <laughs> it yeah. was bad for business. Everyone but, seeing but that. But so I, I got to that and I was like, oh my god, I'm not. So I started skimming. I'm like, oh, what's this Jen Bartel art with Superman and Wonder Woman? So I stopped and I read that stuff. And that, that was <laughs> of course you that did. was nice. Yeah, nice uh, yeah immediately there. I was like, ooh, but like, there was yeah. like two artists in this. Where I was well, like, that, obviously, well, the first one was Joel Jones because yeah, you knew right. immediately. Cause, and and that, well. was, that was the other thing as well, is that each mm-hmm. of the dreams, because Wonder Woman's asleep and she's dreaming all these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, like everyone... Well, she's healing in some Themyscarian cave. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I, suspect, I, I, I had no idea what was yeah. going on with that because I stopped reading yeah. by the time they explained any of that. But yeah. no, but like for each of these dreams, there's a different artist for each one. So it's an excuse mm-hmm. to have all these different artists um and they do you know there's a like a sweet thing at the end of the batman one where it's like bruce actually wakes up and realizes that wonder woman was in his the same nightmare he has every night of his parents dying <laughs> wonder woman showed up and was actually there for it so whatever um but i, I just I, I wasn't that interested cause, partly because i haven't been reading that run but also just because it felt like the typical oh this is a, a milestone issue we have to have a fluffy story where it's just an excuse to talk to all the main characters kind of thing yeah i don't think it was that bad it just no, it wasn't the worst. I just wasn't that interested in reading it. Yeah. Uh, what we're really here for, though, uh, was the start of the next run, uh, or at least mm-hmm. the tease for it, uh, yep. which is the Tom King um, and Sam Peer uh, stuff. Yeah, a.k.a. Yeah. Don't we have enough Wonder Girls already? Yes. Well, this is this is Wonder Woman in the future. like Because I, I guess that's the question, is, is are we going to get Trinity in any form in present day? Yes. Uh-huh. So okay. <laughs> King has said that they are they the reason that they started it with Trinity is because they're gonna build to her character. Sure. So okay. I don't know I don't know if he means like she'll actually show up, but there's going to be I think maybe by the end of his run, one woman has a daughter. Now it might not be this fully grown, right? But... Oh, oh of course. Especially since I, think, I think it'll be within within twelve issues. I mean, Carr just wants to be cynical. I, I but I, yeah. I think uh, from the sounds of it with John and 
Damien talking, it sounds yeah. like she was always younger than them, like they were babysitting mm-hmm. her when, you know, they were like already at their yeah, age. Yeah, because they feel, they yeah. feel fully formed, like almost like their parents' age now, and yeah. she's significantly younger. She is, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's another sand slash clay baby. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that's happening, which is why when I say, oh, you know, within 12 issues, I, I, I don't think that was being particularly cynical. Well, I do think, you mean fully I, formed Trinity, or do you mean as a child, like... I just meant the you, tone of the way you said it, to be honest. You sounded cynical. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't mean it. I think, I think I'll be shocked if it goes that long without them introducing... I think them putting it here in this yeah. preview is like a... It's a statement of, no, she's going to feature pretty heavily... Yeah. Well, oh, she, no, she obviously is, but it's very clear from this preview that there's going to be a framing device. Like the the main story yeah. we're going to get in the run is going to be a story that she is uh, hearing from this mysterious villain who's telling her how Wonder Woman beat him. Right? That's that's right. what they set up here by the end. Right? Yeah. So uh, the story of this is that we've got John and Damien, and John's like basically wearing the his dad's Superman outfit, minus the yeah. red trunks, though I will point out. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, he's basically just wearing a Superman outfit now. Damien's got his big collar. He's Batman. 666 outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trinity shows up, and they're basically doing these trials uh, to get to some prisoner. And it was something that they promised Wonder Woman they would never do. So they're breaking yeah. rules of their parents to... to and they're breaking the word, yeah. yeah. Uh, for whatever reason. And it's all about getting to this villain, who she does refer to as Your Majesty, which maybe is a tease for who it could be. Um, no one sprang to my mind immediately, but, you know. I mean, first thought was Zeus, but it doesn't seem to yeah. fit Zeus. No, no, I wouldn't say so. So, you know, this is teasing what the story is going to be. It seems like, yeah, whatever story happened in the past that led to this this villain being imprisoned is going to be the main story. But we'll mm-hmm. probably get glimpses of this part of it where she's talking to him uh, sprinkled throughout, I would imagine. Right. Uh, and it's... So she has to get John and, and Damien, who she refers to as her older brothers, Mm. which I do like because it shows that family that dynamic, yeah. you know, but that each of them, there's a trial, right. And uh, kind of reminiscent of the first Harry Potter book. Right. <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, the first one is pain. So, you know, they, they're all talking about who's going to do what. And Trinity's just like, no, this I'll just, if you guys don't decide, I'll decide for you. So she has, she has John do the pain where he grabs the statue's hand and it puts him in this endless loop, but he has to hold on so they can get through the door. And then they drop through the second level, and Damien, uh, what was it? That was skill, skill, and yeah. it's skill, and he has to battle the goddess of victory, Nike. And of course, Damien's like, "Oh, this was supposed to be hard." <laughs> this, you know, this is fun. Yeah, this is fun. And, you know, and then <laughs> she, she gets down, so it's honor, and she has to face her mother. I'm a right. little disappointed King didn't put right. in the, the phrase just do it at some point in that Yeah, right, battle. right. It was on um, the table. It was right there. Was. And, and he's playing with that sort of dialogue, like the bit when they're going in, yeah. and Damon's like, I know Greek. And John's like, no, you don't. Because yeah. I could learn Greek. And it's like, anyone could learn Greek. <laughs> right. Well, and it's, again, it's their dynamic that we love with John and, and Damien still, and they're adults, and they're still doing that, right? Yeah. But yeah, so, so Trinity faces, you know, it's honor is the last one, and it's, it's someone appearing as Diana saying that they're disappointed for doing this, but Trinity eventually knows like you're not my mother. And she has a black lasso, right? Cause the Diana that's well, there is like, Oh, not only that, she mentions later a Trinity of lassos. So yeah, we're going to have, right, we see, she's got a black, a silver and a gold one. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the so being the, 
traditional one. Yeah, right. so I'm looking forward to finding out specifically what the other two do. You know? Yep. Well, because the black one does seem associated with, with death instead of truth, right? Like, yeah. it's a... She goes to that one because this time he goes, well, you should know better that my lasso won't work on me. And she goes, well, it's not you and it's not gold, right? And that's where you see the black come out and she, you know, she strangles her and, and drops her there. And that's where she gets to the prison. It's definitely this... an interesting tease from, like, you know, mm-hmm. f- from the perspective of introducing new mythology for Wonder Woman, saying that there's mm-hmm. different types of lassos that we're going to kind of yeah. weave a story around and have them all be connected in some way. Right. That is interesting. Like, I, I think that's a... Yeah. I mean, well, the like, fates. So she yeah. calls them the lassos of fate. And you have to know there's the three fates, right? Yeah. Well, I said tri- the names. I like the golden perfect, right? Right. Do they all yeah. have like a, a separate well, name? Well, I, I called it the, tr- the Trinity of Lassos because obviously mm-hmm. three of them is intentional because their name's Trinity. Right. And they're going to, I imagine the number three is going to come up a lot <laughs> in right. the, the course of writing for this well, character. Three in, in magic in the occult, three is a very powerful number, right? If the rule of three. Three, then seven. Right. So, you know. Uh, and you know what? She did say she's the leader of the Justice League. And there's usually seven, right? She, she casually dropped like that reference, yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, and no, she does. She weirdly feels like a child of the Trinity, you know, even to go with the name. Because she has some of the John, or John, some of the Clark stuff, some of the Bruce aspects. It's not just Diana. Yeah. You know, so she almost feels like, she almost feels like the kid that was raised by the Justice League at this point. So, I, I will, you know, there's been kind of something that we've not brought up yet which is the character herself and talking about her. And I think I will say I do have a nitpick here to pick Mm -hmm. with her dialogue, which is I get what Tom King's going for, but I think he might be slightly overdoing the, the, I don't know, I guess the, the smart ass. Yeah. Like like she's doing a lot of like smart ass talk where she's kind of like speak, speaking kind of intentionally kind of weird. And she's, Mm -hmm. you know, like she, I, I guess like it fits into the modern sensibilities of how a lot of movies are written these days with characters being extra witty and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't make, I, I actually quite like characters uh, talking like that in comics, but I do think it feels like King's never written a character like this before. And it feels like mm-hmm. he's turning it up to 11 because he doesn't know how to, like where the line should be. <laughs> I think the only way this works, and maybe this will work more in context because obviously we've not seen that much for now. Yeah. She's very cocky, right? Yeah. And I feel like this only works for me, this tone, if they probably shouldn't be as cocky as they actually are. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, like the fact that they're going, oh, well, she's the leader of the Justice League, and, you know, she's doing all these things really mm-hmm. relatively easily, you know, it's seemingly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like maybe she should be this cocky, and then it just comes off as an ego. In this, you know, this dialogue, it comes off as egotistical instead of, you know, instead of being right. that overcompensating, and it makes me like it less. Well, maybe when we see more of it and... Maybe it's all a bit of a front. I think I like it more in that yeah, sense. Yeah, because it's very opposite of Diana, right? Diana's very yeah. humble, d- demure. She keeps, you know, yeah. she she it, there's a poise to her always. It definitely feels like Trinity grew up more associated with man's world because she's, yep. you know, Diana speaks the way she does largely because she grew up separate from mm-hmm. the rest of the world and she speaks more proper and it's more, right. you know, influenced formal. by... Formal. Yeah, formal, yeah. that's a good word. Whereas mm-hmm. this sounds like a character who is going to make a lot of pop culture references and who is like wording things in a way that she, because she's heard a funny character say it that way in a TV show mm-hmm. or something like that, you know? Even Jose is saying like super duper. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like there's just a lot of little things like that. At one point she says like, uh, you know, I can't remember even what she was talking about, but she says something, something like a ton. And it mm-hmm. just it came off as very like, oh, she's adding a lot of flavor into her dialogue. 
yeah. or Tom King's adding a lot of flavor into her dialogue, I should say. Right. And that's fine. You know, it, it kind of reads like how I expect maybe like a Stephanie Brown to sometimes sound, like mm-hmm. with a lot of, you know, extra trash talk for, you know, for right. flavor. But I, I do think King's not written a character like this before. It sounded very on Tom King. And I think maybe this is a, maybe mm-hmm. a bit of a growing pain of that he's just not done a character like this before. Yeah. And it sounded like he was overcompensating by having too much of it. <sighs> Well, it's kind of, I mean, we, we don't talk about that book, but Heroes in Crisis, his Harley, I remember us mm. feeling the same way, that yeah. his Harley was kind of like that too. It's just, it's not a gear that King has, because the way that he writes isn't like that. I appreciate that he's trying something mm-hmm. different to his, his norm with her. Right. Well, and it makes her stand out against Diana too, because you don't, just don't want a carbon copy, you know, so. Yeah. Like, again, I have like a, the mild conceptual issue of, Right, another successor to Wonder Woman, right? That yeah. we haven't had enough of those over the years. That can't we try? You know, yeah. And I think maybe one of the legitimate things you could say along with that is that this personality, like, it's not a million miles from Yara. Yara's got kind of yeah, like a wise ass attitude. Or Cassie, yeah. I think you, well, you Cassie, could... Cassie kind of grew into that though. Right, but I think if you take a slightly older Cassie, yeah. you know, age her up to be alongside the same, you know, as mm-hmm. as John and Damien are here. I don't think this is a million miles away from what you could expect from her personality at that point. Right. Like, the book ended up not being that good after a few issues, but it is kind of a shame that Yara's just been kind of thrown under the bus here. And I get, yeah. like, the sad reason for it is that because somewhere along the way, someone said, yeah, but wouldn't it be cooler if all three of the, the future Trinity were all the kids of the previous yeah. Trinity? And Yara was this, like, you know, she didn't fit that mold because John and Damien are the kids of Batman and Superman. Right. They wanted the kid of Wonder Woman to be the Wonder Woman. And I kind of, I really dislike it as a, as a trend in, not just in comics, but in media. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah, the, this is the, uh, the favored bloodline, right? This is the, you know, somehow a Palpatine returns. It's, it's just, yeah. yeah, they have to be a Skywalker. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm sick. What, yeah. what, what was wrong with all the other, you know, like other found family members that we had before? Right. Like, like it, it, there's a point where like, Damien almost gets away with it slightly because he was the first one, but like, you know, he, he by definition then shoves Dick, Tim, not kids mm-hmm. by Jason, but Jason. You know, he kind of shoves them to one side. And is like, I'm the bat now. Mm-hmm. Which I think John... I think works for him though, because he actually like almost intentionally has that attitude where he's like, no, you move yes. aside because I'm I'm the son of the bat. Right, is, his... Yeah, it's it's a combination well, of that attitude and him being the first one. Kind of is like, okay, you get you get right. the pass. But I, I don't think that for the audience though, I don't think it has moved the others aside. Like, I think especially now he's been treated properly, but like I think for us, Dick was always still seen as like part of what makes Dick and a lot of the other bat families mm-hmm. so special is because they are found family members. They're not just right. by blood. They are. Well, and, I, yeah. and I felt that. That's where Yara worked in the grand scheme of the Amazons, right? She's a new one. She's she's from Man's World, so it was a little twist on Diana's, right? So she's doing it in reverse now, right? She's yeah. she's of Man's World, but she's discovering the mythological realm instead of and, vice versa. And with the other, was a good air. With the other Wonder Girls, I think it's like it's okay with Donna now because yeah. Donna's got a role on the Titans in in the same way as Night, yeah. uh, as, as Nightwing does, right? There's that mm-hmm. level there. Yeah, I think it's Cassie's. Cassie, I mean, not just that... Cassie on her own, but I think that entire generation of characters. Because you know, Tim's had this problem they... recently as well, where Tim feels kind of lost in the shuffle. Connor. Yeah, I mean, they all oh, feel yeah. a bit lost in the shuffle. Those characters. And as I said, like John has again, it's it's arguably slightly less of a problem again. Still more more than. It was with Damien, but less than this because again, okay, it wasn't the, it wasn't every single one of them. But and you know, I think to be fair, John had not John, uh, Connor had been forgotten about for a long time before that mm-hmm. anyway. But 
it's like we, we've got characters ready and waiting already to fill this role but and and weirdly though when you look at flash because legacy's always been so much about right bart has doesn't feel as lost even though he was gone for a while too you know he's it, it doesn't feel the same as his generation and i think you know? like with the uh, Flash well, family, I would say comparatively, like it does compare to Wally. Like compared to Wally, like, yeah. Wally, well, yeah, compared is... to Wally. But if you look at like who who the Flash is represented that is Wallace, right? I don't feel like you know they well, would yeah, push Bart aside. Well, yeah, Wallace is a bit different though. But I'm saying if you think about how Tim feels to Dick, regardless of mm-hmm. like who you prefer or whatever, but just in terms right. of like importance and like how much time they get and how much important mm-hmm. stories they get. Tim to Dick and uh, Bart to Wally right now, you know, there's a similar kind of feeling between them in terms of, yeah. you know, ratios. Yeah. Yeah. Tim's probably a little bit better off in the last couple of years, but before that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, I think it's the sort of thing where I'm not against adding new characters by any means, but it feels so soon after Yara, because Yara was only the start of last year. Yara mm-hmm. is a new character. Um, and they, they kind of fluffed a little bit, like, her book, you know, I think it, it wasn't that great, and then it got cancelled quite early, and, you know, so it's kind of left her in this weird limbo. But they clearly don't want us to figure out about her either, because they've put her in, you know, the 800 this, story. This, this very issue, yeah. yeah. And, right. and I say, and I just, I don't quite get why we feel the need to create this character when we've got Yara or, or Cassie to choose from to kind of do this story with. Oh, I think, but you guys are onto it that it's it's that... You know the one true bloodline thing. Yeah, which is they want conceptually dislike. Yeah, right. I, I think that's annoying to me. But at the same time, if you if you forget all that and you look at the character on her own, like I think there's potential here. I think <laughs> she's overwritten in this first little story, but that could just be growing it's, pains. With it's the... one of those things that in, in a vacuum, she's a perfectly fine character. I don't think she has as strong an introduction as Yara did. No, like, that's in fair. terms of just recent introductions like that. Um, but in a vacuum. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with with this there, introduction. There is a very good chance, though, but by the time we get, like, say, twelve issues or so, uh, and that she'll have a much stronger story than Yara ever did. You know, once it's actually yeah. played out. Yeah. But, and I wonder if he consulted because I know Tom Kane and Joel Jones are really close friends, right? Mm. Like that was a whole thing during his Batman run when she came on oh, to do art. It wouldn't surprise me if, uh, well, you know, we do get Yara and Cassie like popping yeah. in for you know, the supporting characters in the room. Something. But I wonder if he consulted with Joel Jones at all about that, because it is, it it did remind me of, of Yara's introduction. Mm. And it's that Mm. same, they kind of fill in the same void of this is the opposite of Diana. And so, and more importantly, Yara was also introduced in Future State as the, Mm -hmm. the Wonder Woman of the Trinity that John and Damien will make up. And And now this is saying, nah, 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 nah. Now, it's tri- right. now Trinity is the is the Wonder Woman of the Trinity of mm-hmm. John Damien and their right. Wonder Woman. Well, and Future State was also trying to set up John and Yara as as a power couple, and nothing ever came. Yeah, know? yeah. So, because Taylor came in and decided to do a different thing that I think works even better, right? So, by giving him a supporting cast, that's not another superhero supporting cast. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of mixed feelings here, even though. There's nothing that I, wrong I, with this. No, I like the story. I I wouldn't say I like Trinity as a character yet, because again, she's There's not enough to get a grasp. There's on. not enough to get on there, but her her relationship with John and Damien, though, I thought that was the strongest part of this little story. Honestly, I think I'm, I'm I think... more looking forward to her being a you know, a younger kid and having seeing the stories of, you know, John and Damien looking after her. Cause I think, you know, yeah. the, 
I'm kind of more interested in seeing those two than I am in seeing her. But they're, I think you know, them having that responsibility between them could be fun. Their little comment about babysitting her, and mm-hmm. uh, I think John says, you know, like, or no, Damien says, you know, we were too easy in her, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. And John's like, what, not taking her <laughs> to, like, the, the killer croc fight was, was being right. easy on her? Uh, you're like, I'm like, oh, you know what? I kind of want to see like a little mini series of them babysitting <laughs> young Trinity mm-hmm. now when they're, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. age. So, like, you know, if Damien's like say 15 and John's like 20, you know, whatever the age gap is, uh, at that point, yeah. 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 So, well, yeah, and that, that's what happens. She is a, a clay baby, it, you know, forming her. You don't have to get the toddler phase, right? You that's true. Right She's a clay that. baby, we can kind of jump her to like, yeah, six or whatever, or you know, right. Yeah. And so, I'm assuming that's what they're gonna do, yeah. But yeah. yeah, but I do, but no, I do like their relationship. But the fact that that they're standing there on that beach waiting for her to show up, and you know, she's late, and the other one goes, "Yeah, but she's always late. We know this. Like, is she really late? If we know she's gonna be late, there's just there was that you know dynamic between them that you know and her that I do like. But yeah, that was good. I think, I mean, Sam Pierre's art's pretty pretty good. Oh yeah, I, I like the all, colors on it, particularly like in uh-huh. the. The, the stuff at, towards the end in the prison cell, like the lighting mm-hmm. is really strong. Yeah. And just like, and whoever is in there too, the way that the shadows hit. Any any I other guesses on who it might be? Cause I have none. The, the only ones I can think of are uh, Zeus and Black Adam. Yeah. Black, uh, Your Majesty could be Black Adam. I do they, like. They, they I, mentioned King, yeah. I do like the idea that it's not a Wonder Woman character. I do actually like really mm-hmm. like that idea. Like, let's say if it was like a. Oh. Uh, it wouldn't be Aquaman, but like so, you know, maybe like I, a Zebel King or something. You know, I was gonna say Aquaman because I mean, but that that plays on Flashpoint, and I don't want to remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't so, think it's actually Aquaman, but I'm just wondering yeah. if it could be like a, a an Atlantean King of some kind, or you know, whatever it may uh, be. I don't know. Yeah, and who who is a big enough threat that you have to lock them away with this elaborate system? Elvis. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, we we all know he's at the the old folks' home. Beat. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. So. He's with JFK fighting off mummies. Yes. Yes. And he's having so. fun doing it. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, but anyway, happy birthday, uh, Bruce Campbell. By the way, just turned sixty-five. Say, uh, Actually, yeah. sure, we had a birthday today. Uh, I, I never knew this until today, but both Peter Weller and Nancy Allen have a birthday in the same day. Really? So, better trivia for you. Well, for you youngins out there, that's the two stars of RoboCop. Yeah. Yep. So, all right I, yeah. I suppose we'll rate this i mean i think we're just really rating the king story because mm-hmm. we all just kind of skim through the first one but i think we should rate the the main one we read uh so what are you giving it matt i'm gonna give this a seven car yeah probably a seven for me as well i don't think i can justify anything higher yeah i can agree with a seven i think we'll swim mm-hmm. in sevens with that one uh so cool superman issue five joshua williamson writing with jamal campbell on the r so after two mixed issues of things mm-hmm. that uh opinions I'd say I, I had to catch up on the previous issue oh yes i am significantly worse than mixed on that one and the last i hated the lex luther stuff in the last i issue. hated the lex luther stuff so- and also there was a there was a page of like, oh, hey, all these adventures, you know, all these things that we've done together. And it was like four panels. I'm like, each one of those should have been a standalone one shot issue. And I would have enjoyed every single one of those more. I think we story. said the same thing, Pete, right? Like, Yeah, just it, Williamson has this tendency to have nice ideas, but then rush through them so much that none of them get a chance yeah. to actually so, breathe. Uh, upon this issue, I'm starting to think that that Lex story was a lie. 
I think he was working with them and and he realized how far they were going to go and he's not and then that's what led to him you know doing whatever he did that, I don't I mean, think he that's, was a flex hero that's better but we'll get into the nitty gritty yeah. I think just to start off I will say I like this issue more I think this issue yep. worked better this, you know it was by and large it was the story of how Silver Banshee and Jimmy started dating I thought all that mm-hmm. stuff was, was sweet enough and worked well enough um yep. The fight obviously looked great. Silver Banshee, like the idea of like our streams being represented with all these ghosts, ghosts. from the Phantom Zone. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Um, I thought they actually did a good job of like building up to its payoff, which is effectively that um, Silver Banshee, when they take her down, she screams so loud that she actually pops Clark's ears, and his superhuman has mm-hmm. gone for like not even a long time. Like they, they say at the lab, it'll be a couple days and it'll be back. It's yep. not a big deal, but it all builds up to Lex being in trouble later and Lex has been talking to him throughout these issues mm-hmm. and at the end of the issue he's basically begging Superman for help and Superman can't hear him so Lex potentially is going to think that Superman ignored his cries for help yep. and that might draw a bit of a, a villainous Iron. rift uh, yep. between them once again I thought that was well set up and it paid off and it made sense to me I um, I legit gasped when I got to that page because I'm not thinking like like I know Lex has been talking to him the whole time right but when Clark talks that he's actually able to enjoy the concert at the end because he's not his super hearing's not activated yeah yeah you know so he says I can't hear anything but what he means is anything outside of the room that he's in right so he's able to focus on on the moment at hand and then it cuts to to Lex in the prison and it gets super Breaking Bad with him, you know, with what happens to him. Um, and yeah, I, I legit gasped because that's a nice turn. Because again, like, like Pete pointed out, that's Lex is going to think that Superman was ignoring him because he doesn't know Superman's hearing has, has been blown out. Yeah, I, th- I thought that worked really well because as soon as like, he started to be in trouble and he actually, because it, it's, got, it's got the green bubble around it whenever he's trying to mm-hmm. talk to him through the watch or whatever. Yep. Um, I, I like. I was like, oh, they've set this up well enough that I immediately get that he's not going to be heard. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, that was well executed. I understand that it means something for this ending. Yep. So I think as far as issues goes, this is probably the best issue of this book since issue one. Because I it, agreed. Yeah. I was going to say the same because I was reading it last night and I wasn't like, usually I'll save Superman for last because that's my guy. But I was like, uh, I'm going to save it. I'll read this before Titans and Nightwing. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, wait, am I just in a better mood? Because I didn't hold this off for last, or was this really that good? So it, it makes me feel good that you guys agree that. I, I don't think it's like a knockout of the park. No, like, but compared to the last issues that we've had, yeah, I think yeah. it's 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 not good enough to like redeem the last few issues. But if mm-hmm. this had been issue two, like this quality, I think would mm-hmm. be probably more positive on it. Well, and also the title of this one was called "The Power of Love," which immediately set me into Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, I mean, because so, I quite liked issue yeah. three, which was like the city's like alternative parasites. My big mm-hmm. problem with issue, oh no, that was issue two. My no, big problem, yeah. My big problem with issue three is that it wrapped that up super quick and felt like it didn't do anything yep. with it, and that upset me. And then all the Lex stuff last issue, I really didn't like. Um, this issue, I think, because it focused on this, it had a focus. It was okay. It's mm-hmm. about Jimmy and Silver Banshee. And Siobhan, it's about that yeah. he wants to help save her, and we get the fun bit where he's got the jetpack from the the Supercorp mm-hmm. people, and that's a great panel. Like and she's singing about bow ties. She's singing about yeah. bow ties. Like it was very focused. It told its story. It had a bit of a heart to it, but also a little bit of a fun hijinksy side to it because you know Jimmy's got a jetpack. That's a bit silly. 
uh yeah you know so i think all well, of- and it's very jimmy olsen right because she's they're going over when they first meet and after she gets revealed that she's silver banshee he's like oh it's okay i turned into a turtle once <laughs> and then that was the that was the genesis of her her pet name for him of turtle boy you know and so there's just these very little sweet moments in there so when he does tell superman like no how much does that jetpack hold Right. Like he's coming along for this and, you know, it's earned. It's not just Jimmy tagging along. So, yeah. And they also reminded us that this uh, pale moonlight uh, rider, uh, Marilyn Moonlight. That was yeah. the one. Uh, it was really jarring. She just shows up for one panel, does yeah. like nothing. Uh, technically, two panels. You see over the shoulder in the next one. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. It's <laughs> definitely well, a tease. Yeah. You know, it's she's a tease so, that I don't think was needed. Yeah. I mean, well, no, but he's so, I'm used to him doing this because he does this in his creator and stuff a lot where, He'll, just to remind you of a certain character. I mean, I think it works in the, in the context for me because the character, like Lois is talking about how there's a lot of weird things that have popped up recently that yep. need answers and it chooses that time to like show her again. So it's like, right. hey, this is one of the main weird mysteries that we've set up. So it's coming. I think yeah. it would have been more effective just to focus on having the moonlight in shot Oh Paul sure. Talking about this and have it be a representative thing, as opposed to just let's Versus cut to just her watching. Her. I, I'm She's just sitting hey, in the moon watching. You don't have to sell me the idea of being more subtle. I always enjoy yeah. more subtle, but mm-hmm. like I uh, wouldn't mind if if she had literally any dialogue, anything to do, anything beyond she right. sat there watching right. for two panels. I mean, I get it. I mean, but again, this nail biter that you had constantly the butcher showing up in the background like this. As a, almost an ominous. This didn't feel you see that's like a hot thing, right? Of like, oh, he's always there in the background, it's just waiting for the moment. Yeah, true. A different vibe. Maybe his tones are just, you know, he doesn't, he can't, he can't alternate as well. Yeah, well, I think it would also mean more if we had more context for who she was yet. But mm-hmm. right now, she is just, uh, oh, she's a weird looking, you know, it's constantly like, oh, oh, she's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, like, right. And, she, and we know that she can supercharge Superman. Yeah. Right now, she's just a, a complete question mark. Whereas, if we had like right. a little understanding of her motives or what she was maybe trying to do, it would maybe mean something when we see her. But right now, we don't. I just don't think we need a reminder of this every single issue. I think it's okay to go one issue without having to, having to have these two panels. To be fair, I don't think they mentioned the last issue, did they? No. Did they not? I feel like it's been... Since she showed up in Supercharged, I don't think we've seen her since then. With, with the caveat, I did read these two issues back-to-back, so I may be mixing up, you may yeah. be. like, misremembering. So yeah. I, I may be misremembering this moment as, and conflating it with something. Yeah, I, yeah. She hasn't been in a while. Yeah, when she popped yeah, up, maybe. I was like, oh, it's been since we've seen her. I don't think we've seen her since was, she was popped up. Was it not up. the issue before they were talking about trying to find her? Like, get more information on her? Well, uh, maybe they mentioned her in conversation. I think they mentioned her because cause Clark asked Lois about Marilyn Moonlight, yeah. and then yes, he talks about the, okay. the boardwalk. You know, because that, that's you know, that was that was issue four, right? That wasn't this one. I wasn't I this it was one. Three. Yeah, it was no, it wasn't three because it was definitely one was I read. Three? Yeah, I, I guess four. that was maybe the early on in the last issue then. But right. I, we definitely hadn't seen her though since the last time like mm-hmm. she popped up to like help him because like no, no. Yeah. But I'm including them, just kind of bringing her up in conversation as a reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, yeah, I mean, I, I, I generally like this one a lot more because it felt a lot more focused. It had a bit of a heart and it didn't feel like it... It didn't feel like it shortchanged me on any of its ideas, which is the biggest problem I'm having consistently with Williamson's mm-hmm. writing is that here's an idea. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, it's over already. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really wanted to get into the Jimmy and Silver Banshee thing and 
the whole point of her running away because if they'll kill everybody I love, if if I don't love you, right? But that statement ends up being that she does love him because she's making the choice. Yeah, it was all, actually it's, it's played did, out very well. Did anyone else think it was just a little bit weird that they moved in together before they said "I love you"? That feels like the wrong way around to me, but. I don't know what are the youngsters doing nowadays. <laughs> I feel like you admit you love someone before you move in. That feels like the true. way around those steps. Well, are that supposed depends to go. how much you need to save on rent. Right. <laughs> true. Maybe they're struggling, then it's more of a convenience right. thing. Well, I mean, did, did it, yeah, I mean, did did they mention that they moved in, or was she just staying over there? No, they mentioned. You know I mean? No, she moved in. Yeah. Okay. He calls her because he's he's moving yeah. all his stuff in, and she's like, "There's okay. a lot of toys in here." That's right. And he's like, That's "It's too right. late now." That's right. Yeah. So they moved in. So, yeah. Well, real, real quick, Connor, uh, what kind of band do you think the Metrop- the bands of Metropolis are? Oh, post punk. Post punk. Okay. Hundred percent. Gotcha. Abba. Just, just look at them. Abba. <laughs> which reminds me of William Carlson's uh, parade. So, because he was singing Dancing Queen, which is, as we know, the national anthem of Sweden. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So one of, one of our players is Swedish. And during the Stanley Cup parade, he got completely slammered and Absolutely was singing, blasted. Yes, it was just singing "Dancing Queen" while being uh, held almost, up by a teammate. Yes, so you know that 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 definitely tracks. I mean, okay. I, but, I don't know the, the Banshees seem harder edge than yeah, than that. But I just I love Silver Banshee as a character. I can't remember which Supergirl girl series it was in, but it was where maybe it was New Fifty Two, where her and Kara right. become roommates. Oh, and yeah, it, it, just yeah. gave, it gave me a whole new fascination. That was the bit where. Is that the bit where she could learn languages? I think so. I'm sure it was around that that time. I think so, but I just remember her coming in as a Siobhan, and it, it's revealed that she has this family curse of of the Banshee, and she tries to push Kara away, but Kara won't, and then she ends up becoming almost. She's not even anti-hero. She just is, you know, the the curse as a as a conflict. Because she doesn't yeah. even fight any of the supers, and I just I had a new fascination with the character, and I feel like this is more akin to that one. Uh, so whereas, like, I think yeah. I retract my ABBA joke. I'm okay. going to swap in BGs because now I'm picturing Jimmy Olsen walking down like Saturday Night Fever <laughs> and adjusting his bow tie as you yeah. know. Uh, that you works. Know. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, imagine imagine staying alive, but like with bow yeah. tie, bow tie, yeah. bow bow tie. A bow, bow tie. There it goes. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe, that? maybe that was the sign they're playing at the maybe. end. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah but I, just their whole <laughs> their whole dynamic is something I, I really enjoy because it is different, and I, I like. I feel like with Superman, I feel like it's Superman and Flash rogues that you can really do the sympathetic thing really well. Right? Yeah, it depends especially, on the character for sure. Yeah, I think especially yeah. with Superman, you often have to. Yeah. Because otherwise he just beats them to a pulp. Like the ones that aren't like, you know, alien uber strong. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the the interesting way of talking oh. them down. Otherwise, Superman would just take them out. Right, and that's that's why Philip Kennedy Johnson's Mongol stood up uh, so well, right? Because yes. he's not redeeming yeah. like at all. There's yeah. nothing there that you because want. Because he's to. the big physical threat that can just be right, be a complete dick bag, and and it's fine that we can beat but- him up. But yeah, for me, Silver Banshee is definitely one where I'm just like, yeah, she she works good as sometimes maybe, you know, like here, she gets manipulated into having to fight Superman and she's a little bit overpowered, especially here. 
right? But at the end of the day, she still, you know, she doesn't want to have to fight Superman. Yeah, I think that's also why it's interesting whenever Joker and Superman cross paths is because, like, Mm -hmm. Joker just, like, he can't be talked to. Like, he's he's completely erratic. That's the point of Joker. Yeah, Yeah, but he he doesn't want to just take him out because extreme force. Yeah. Well, I like the idea, too. I forget where I read it, but there's... There's some story that Joker does try to deal with Superman, but he doesn't find Superman interesting to mess with like he does with Batman. Mm. So there's that dynamic that he has to have because Batman plays along with Joker more than Superman who would just show up and, you know. Just put a stop to it, yeah. Just put a stop to it. I don't know know if it so much plays along with. It's just that because he doesn't have all these extra abilities, he has to go through the gauntlet that Joker sets up for him. (laughs) Right. So, but, but yeah, no. And then... Here in this issue, the double date with, with Lois and Clark, I thought that was all really nice too because Williamson is taking his time, right? We're not just whipping through to the next thing. So, and that's one like particular that. issue, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, and I think the ending works. I think the ending with Lex is set up well that it, you get what it's doing before it kind of makes its point. And I think yep. that feels quite good because it's set up properly. So, I appreciate that. Uh, and obviously Campbell's art's very good. I think that panel yes. with uh, Jimmy flying with the jetpack with Superman flying next to him looks really, really nice. Well, yeah. I like when they show up with the sonic disruptors, these big old guns from Supercorp. Mm. And Superman goes, yeah, give me that. And then immediately crushes it. And, I, I yeah, Mercy's like not story's... happy. Yeah, yeah, no. And you look at Mercy's face, so that that entire sequence is really told in the art. So I think that, yeah, because yeah, he asked that the one down forward yeah. for a little while. He asked because he asked for it, and then Mercy's like, "Yeah, yeah locked and loaded, sir," and then he just yeah. immediately crushes it. Yeah, but she looks yeah, she looks so mad. Yeah, so that cost yeah, eight uh, million dollars to make Superman. Yeah, well, use your money better, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that was all good, and then st- the stuff too with with Lex at the end, the way that Campbell does stuff with the shadows, you know, like the guards being gone. And you know whoever whoever came out and stabs Lex, it, I think it works you know. particularly well because it's split down the middle. Mm-hmm. So on one side you've got the the mood lighting of yep. the the bar that, that the others are in, and this other side it's just this pure like blood red background with like you know yeah. really you know uh, really desaturated characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say Campbell's off for a bit, do you just mean Night Terrors? Or is he actually off the issue? I'm sure we just saw in the solicits that it was someone else on art. Yeah, I don't remember. That's what I'm asking. I don't either, yeah. I will try and double check, but I'm fairly confident. Control F, come on. Control F that bad boy. Uh, Yeah, I've got to reload the solicits page. I don't have it up. I I, I close tabs occasionally. Honestly, it's very rare I close tabs. Yeah, I was going to say, you never close tabs. This is completely out of character for you. It's because I've got like five other tabs already open on that window alone from a... Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's um, Gleb Melnikov on art for issue six. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I like Gleb. Yeah. So it's not like it's a bad artist, obviously. No, but he, it's he, not Campbell. And those, I'm curious to see how the style changes because Campbell's very, very soft, very rounded. It's a very different style. His is Gleb. very action heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So. He, he hates, like, he's pretty it's on record almost... as hating drawing, like, talking head shots. Right. He just he wants to draw all the action in the splash pages. Yeah, and that's why he uh, was so good on Robin. So, yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and this is there's still the uh, the annual issue in August, which is continuing yeah. this. 
that's that's true yeah it says at the end it's continuing in the annual so we do actually get a part of this story even though it's off for two months for uh dark mm-hmm. uh, night terrors let's say yeah all right matt what are you rating superman issue five i'm giving this an 8.5 connor uh, i'm with a 6.5 it's pretty good <laughs> I'm 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 happy to give it an eight. But okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't you I didn't realize I was going to be so controversially low during no, that. No, you you seem to like this more than Wonder Woman. Therefore, when you gave that a well, seven, no, they're very different in that. Yeah. Wonder Woman, I like a lot of its ideas, uh-huh. and I like. I think. I mean, it's, this- I think I think despite my con- my fundamental problems with the character, yeah. I think I preferred the way that issue was written, no, and I prefer. It's only a half. It's only it's only a half point difference, but you seemed a lot more enthusiastic about Superman than you were about Wonder Woman. It's also so. like the the pacing. That was only like a what yeah. eight or nine page story in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, it flowed oh. really well. Like it was a lot faster. Whereas this, there, there were points where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of waiting for the next page. All right, well, we'll move on then, shall we? Uh, Nightwing, issue 105, Tom Taylor writing Bruno Redondo on the art. And this has got a, a gimmick to it. This is the POV issue, where mm-hmm. every panel is from Nightwing's perspective. Uh, and they set that up early with him waking up next to Babs, uh, you know, the dog coming and licking him, and then him brushing his teeth in the mirror. And, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a crisis to deal with. There's a, a train that's been hijacked with some villains. And we and they really focus on like the trip there this time because obviously mm-hmm. they wanted to draw uh, like the the POV shots of swinging through the city with Babs in front of them, uh, which is all very yeah. pretty. I mean, the art's obviously one well, of the highlights of this issue. Yeah, and I was gonna say, Redondo here is really doing some good stuff because Nightwing, you still see him, right? It's through, through reflections. Yeah. yeah, you can follow the action very well. So that scene where they jump out to go catch the train. Right, and we get the perspective of him behind Babs, and she's getting ready to land. And then you look at the train platform, and there's reflections from the windows, right? And you could see them. And it's just he's doing really good things. The angles here, like it is yeah. almost like an exercise. Uh, so yeah. somewhat controversially, I don't love this issue for that. The I, really? I for the gimmick, I I compared to the previous gimmick issue, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that's obviously did the. Uh, every, all one shot right. uh, gimmick before the winner, which I thought was excellent. I thought the art flowed incredibly well. Mm-hmm. In this, I felt the gimmick taking me out of the issue multiple times, where I felt like, oh yeah, we're just doing you know, like it. It felt occasionally like it was constrained by having to be, uh, you know, from this one shot. Yes, well, it was getting creative, but I felt it as a. I... I felt, from, I felt from an outside perspective of the story. Well, here's, here's my thing. is As I was reading that, I was enjoying the story, and obviously it's, um, what was the, the, the uh, double dare were the villains, double right? Double dare. Right, and yeah. so it's single dare, so it's just one of them that's on the mm-hmm. <laughs> on the uh, the train. And there's some banter about, oh, she missed being chased and grabbed by Nightwing, and Babs gives her gives him like a, no, oh, grabbed and chased, eh? Uh, right? Yeah. So, I saw, so I was enjoying the, the antics, and it's like, okay, they're actually doing something good because they're smuggling this vaccine that this this evil corporation mm-hmm. wants to charge this country for, that they need. Yeah, yeah blah, blah, blah. All, right, all, all fine stuff. And I'm enjoying the story. But there was something in the part of my mind that I was going, is there any reason why this particular issue should be POV? And it, it, when I started, first started thinking that, I didn't really have an answer until it got to the company 
and I got, okay, that's why this issue is POV, because it's all building up to him meeting the alternate identity of Heartless, right? Which, yep. by the way, I'm glad they told me, because as much as I really enjoyed that annual with his backstory, I you would have never remembered yeah. his name. Like, I completely <laughs> forgot his name. Yeah. And I forgot that he was the heir to a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. I remember him being so, the area rich guy, you know, like I remember him. Yeah, a rich guy, yeah. but not the the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So, so but, you know, it, it works well enough. It's like, okay, yeah, I remember being told that story. Yeah, this mm-hmm. makes sense. But this, like, meeting of him for the first time, like, I was like, okay, I think that's why this one's in POV, because it's all building mm-hmm. up to that moment where you see him and, you, like, it hits who it is. So I, I think I get what it's doing, and I think it's effective yeah. enough in what it is. Doing. I get where you come from. I personally don't feel like this added anything to that meeting that wouldn't have been there with Redondo's normal artistic license. I, I don't think it added anything particularly unique that was like, oh, we needed this interaction this way. And I just like I felt the I felt the framing device as a as a hindrance, as something Redondo was working around and being creative to get around the restrictions of it throughout the issue. And I found myself noticing that, oh, this is all just one, you know, this is this is all a gimmick, as opposed to enjoying the story. Because I think the story in the issue is still good. Like it's still mm-hmm. like every other issue of Nightwing, right? It's it's solid. It's it's enjoyable. I enjoy all the character interactions. I'm enjoying Dick and Babs. I'm enjoying what they're doing with the 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 villains, and they're doing the good thing. And I'm enjoying this meeting with Heartless's alter ego. But I think I'd have enjoyed it more if I wasn't constantly being like, "But why am I in POV?" I didn't have that problem, and I think part of it is because to me, when you have a, a an idea like this, a restriction, as you put it. Part of it is working around the restriction to, to make the story. And I think when you have to work around a restriction in an artistic way, and you know, whether that's, you know, we can only do all this in this one type of shot, or we can only do all this in this one way, to me that, that, that breeds like a different type of creativity they don't usually get forced into, and that can lead to some interesting, like, different ways of doing things. I get that. I think... Part of my problem is it's a self-imposed restriction that it's only there for the gimmick. It's only there so they can market this as the POV issue. There is no creative reason for for that. I don't. I don't feel. I mean, it, like again, there's no story necessity that it had to be first person. But I I like to think there's Redondo going. Can I do a whole issue from Dick's uh, it perspective? Might be, it might be a like a personal creative yeah. challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, and I think, I think he executes it. And I, I, but I'm just trying to think what would have been the reason that this had to be first person. Like, is is he trying something you know new? It doesn't. I I can't think of one. I I, I think it does work by the end because it, I think it makes this meeting with Heartless feel like I think you'll remember that even better than you would have done because it's the first person issue. I think your mind's going to link those two things together really easily. And you'll remember that first moment where you met him. Like I I do genuinely think that'll work because it, it kind of when it hit me who that who he was meeting here at the company because it I didn't see it coming. It did come out of nowhere, um, but in a good way where it didn't feel like a cheat. It was like right. oh, no. well, and then but then they reminded you too that that. You know, this was the, his bully that he stuck up for. You yeah, know, yeah. When he was younger, too. So he he knows who this guy is. You know, um, I I really like this this dialogue in this. You know, the the back mm-hmm. and forth, the the Mister Wing. Oh, it's 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 one word. You know, all, all that, and you know, the the ending. Oh, I'll be like me, me calling you Mister Hole. Yeah, I like so all good. that, but I I felt like that that's a perfect example where I can see the restriction of. To show us Nightwing's smirk while he's saying it, like you have to do it in the the reflection of the door. 
And I'm like, I feel like it, it, I'd, I'd have probably preferred that if it was just a normal panel where we're seeing this smirk and we're, we're seeing this, you know, back and forth between them without the awkward, oh, there's a, there's a line in the middle of his face because that's where the, the line on the door is. It just feels like a distraction to me. I can I can agree with that. I I think this is a self-imposed challenge and one that I think works. I think if they said, "Oh, the rest of the run's going to be like this," I'd be like, I'd, I'd be giving them some side eye, like, "Why?" But yeah. yeah, it's doing a single chapter. This this is no different to me than Mister Robot saying we want to do an episode that's in CinemaScope or a, a French saying we're going to do an animated episode. And sometimes, like, because Mister Robot especially had like probably a good half dozen like gimmick episodes over mm-hmm. the course of its run, and some of them worked better thematically than others to what the story was doing in those episodes but there's not a single one of them that i regretted all of them were enjoyable for the experience of it doing something different for one chapter and i think that works here as well where i'm going to remember the events of this issue in a way that i wouldn't have because it stands out uniquely because of how it was told but this is the thing i don't think it i don't think it stands out that unique i don't think this is anywhere near as memorable as the one shot issue I, I disagree there because again I like it's it's a with for Redondo it's an exercise in, in perspective, right? He mm-hmm. has to do everything right, so he can still show a stick smirk, but he does it in the reflection. He can, you know, right? So it's um, just a different way of doing just, things. And, and I don't even again, I want to make it clear. I don't think this is a bad issue. I like all the stuff in right. this issue. I like all the art in this issue. I just feel like I would have liked it equally as much, just the, you know, the sheer content of it and the way it's drawn, I would have liked equally as much if it had been drawn normally and I'd have had extra enjoyment because I wouldn't have had, oh, this is a gimmick issue the whole time I was reading it in my head, which took me out of the experience. I think I enjoy seeing how, like, for for me, part of this is, like, enjoying seeing how they they, they do the challenge like you know yeah, watching for how he deals with these moments that you would just do another way if you were doing a normal issue and seeing how he works around it is part of the fun for me especially as someone who has now read a lot of comic books i enjoy seeing the kind of the oh how are they going to pull this off this way in the same way that when i'm watching like a movie scene and i'm like you know what's an example uh this isn't exactly the same thing but th- think of like uh like jaws right where it's like mm-hmm. oh shit the shark looks terrible we now have to work around it, right? And obviously, I'm not saying this is as successful as that because that, you know, famously made that movie ten times better because they were hiding and it was more scary because of it. Mm-hmm. I think in a similar vein, though, you get this different, you know, I, you get a different style for an issue. I, I, I get, I get that, and I think like to counteract that again, that's. That's not a restriction that they chose. That was something that was forced upon them by oh, the budget. Oh, in that and, case, and, sure. And... But there's definitely several where it is a chosen restriction, where mm-hmm. someone decides to write a script where it's a movie set in one room. No one forced them to do that, but they made that choice. And they'll, you know, like, uh, I just recently watched 12 Angry Men again. Like, that wasn't written that way because there was a restriction in mind, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure... I'm I'm sure maybe it was a stage play at first, and that was yeah. Pro- I think it was a stage play, but regardless, yeah. But they, plays have multiple locations, though. Often it's not that. Right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. They still chose to put it in that super hot, steamy room and make you feel like you were yeah. in there with those twelve guys. Yeah. So, and then all and, of the direction of like making it the scenes exciting, despite the fact that we never leave this dull, basic ass room, is part of the challenge, right. and it kind of forces. I, I, so I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> I just think. This doesn't have enough of a reason to be 
a POV issue. That there's not enough unique going on. In, it like if this was an, an issue where we really need to be inside Nightwing's head, like in a in a metaphorical sense, then to do that in the literal sense as well would be a great you know a, yeah, a great way of pairing that. It, the only thing that's missing for me is an actual reason for for and, it. Like, which is why story. I think, like, if if you can if you can back this up with a reason, it stops being a gimmick and starts right. becoming a narrative function. But then again, you have to look at the winner and why was that told that way? Because that, but that flowed right. That that had this this sense of right. it, it was yeah, this regular. Was no, that, that yeah. did have a reason. It, had yeah, this, no, because, it was this flowing chase. It was this well, non-stop. Because no, you could do it. They could have done yeah, a chase you, scene any other way. That, you know, you, you could do that with a regular comic issue as well. Right. It doesn't need to. Be... Of, of course, you can. But like that again, like there was a narrative function in that. It's really reinforcing this chase. It's reinforcing this nonstop flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, uh, this doesn't reinforce anything for me. I was, this, I, this, I, there I, is no deeper thing that it's, well, that well, it's well, adding. Well, 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 let me let me add some stuff to this thing because I will say there is something this does because of its style that's a little bit different mm-hmm. than normal. There is a lot more time I feel because of the perspective really focusing on the facials of whoever mm-hmm. he's looking at so you get it with a uh, single dare you get it with babs and like her mm-hmm. and some of them are fun of course but it's her like hey teasing him right. about the you know when she because obviously part of the plan is for babs to dress up in the, the right. single dare i'm outfit. not complaining basically off of that we get babs as a double dare yeah. so and, and because they set it up like Shocking. hey if only we knew another redhead that could pretend to be you know this yep. character and then cut to her in the outfit and she's like hey how do i look and he's like uh, I'm not going to answer that. That feels like a trap. And he's like, That's a trap, yeah. <laughs> she's like, ah, good, good response. Actually, yeah. on that subject, I love the little detail of the speech bubbles for Nightwing, where the yeah. it was inverted, where it was going in mm-hmm. the way. I thought that was a neat little yeah. touch because it's a nice lettering. POV. Yeah, and obviously, I think it was a smart lettering choice, just on a functional level uh, mm-hmm. to always have it with the uh, the blue outline. Because obviously, yep. we've got no dialogue arrow for what it to, to lead us yeah. to it so it's always just a very clear no this is nightwing speech so what i'm getting at though is that you're reading this villain's face this person who's typically a villain but is doing something more or less for a good reason and is taking this train because she's trying to save her sister who's been kidnapped and so much of it's about reading her and trusting that she's telling the truth right. so that they'll help her do the right thing even though she's typically a bad guy and i think the reason why it works for the heartless meeting is even though he doesn't know he's heartless, this moment at the end, he's having to try and read who this person is just on his face. And obviously it ends with him calling him an asshole, effectively, to sort of get the sense that he has got a good idea mm-hmm. of how much of a prick this guy is. Obviously, he's not sus that he's this, you know, stone-cold no. killer who's stealing hearts. But right. I, I think setting it up is this idea, this is the issue where he's having to like rely on his judgment of people based on reading their faces mm-hmm. and how they talk to him. I think that does back up why this is the POV issue. And, and, you know, and I think starting with Babs is the one that we already know that he can trust, who is someone yeah. who's close to him, who we don't oh, have to Babs worry about. And, and, and Bitewing. And Bitewing, right? yeah. Like, but we don't yeah. have to worry about reading them because we know. So it, it, that, that gives you a baseline. That's your baseline for someone that he's looking at. And then you have someone who is a bit villainous, but, you know, ultimately here is doing something for a good reason. Yeah, she's, she's a hired gun, so therefore, yeah. like... And but, he brings up how they've they've had run-ins with her yeah, in yeah, yeah, earlier the, in the run. The point you know? is though, is that it's all stepping stones to get into the yeah. one that he just cannot under right. any circumstance trust. Right. And it's about reading that on his face. So I, I think that's probably the thematic logic behind why this is the POV issue. Because yeah. I was definitely noticing 
like a few of the moments where like Babs would turn and look at him, it was really kind of a weird perspective compared to normal because of the mm. POV, and it was really making me focus on the nuances of like the the look she was throwing him in a way that's different to normal, you know. Um, so that's my defense. I don't know if it holds up, well, but that's my I, <laughs> that's where I'm I, I think from. it's it's not like the it's not a terrible defense. It's it's again it's not bad it's not enough to justify it for me because there's no, that's nothing you couldn't just do with close-up panels anyway for for, for me so i i don't think for me it adds enough to get to to justify the gimmick still but i think i, think, at, I, think, at the end of the, I, I just only you know, i don't think you're gonna convince me that it did the, the only thing i would add on to that though is that, that the point is though is you're thinking about it more because of the gimmick because you're looking at it from a different perspective that, that's the one thing i'd add on to that is that Yes, you can theoretically obviously have those same feelings from regular comic panels if you were going to do it that way. But I think the point is is that this wants you to be constantly thinking about how you're looking right into people's faces. Because you are looking right into people's faces. You are. And I think think it's... For me, you're achieving the same feeling with, you know, like a... I'm not using... You know, you don't have to use a a nine-panel grid, but like, you know, nine-panel grids of facial reactions is is kind of evoking the exact same responsibly where you're focusing on the the micro expressions yeah no it, like absolutely you, there's a reason why comics have largely done it a different way for a long time but i have no problem with this even if this is an experiment that no one thinks succeeded i think it was a perfectly valid experiment to do and mm-hmm. i will remember beats of this in a way that's different to normal because of the way it was done that's fair. It's, it's, it's definitely a valid experiment i'm not saying it shouldn't exist i'm just saying for me personally I'd, I'd have preferred it. I, I would have enjoyed this issue more without the gimmick. If it was exactly the same content, you know, but redrawn in Redondo's normal presentation, I would have enjoyed it slightly more. But that doesn't make it a bad issue. You want to read it, Matt? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to a nine. Yeah, I, I'm, I am going to go eight point five, but I'm, 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 you know, it's kind of knocking on the door, Matt. I, I didn't yeah, really like this I'm issue. A, I, I love the half a, at least a half a point yeah. was for the Bab stuff. Yeah, so. the playfulness with Babs and their relationship was great. The heartless meet at the end was great. Like, I think the the like Babs almost falling off the train because she misjudged like, the speed of both of them going at the same time. And like, all, those were all just fun her. little bits. Yeah. And him catching her and the way that she looks up, like not worried because she yeah. knew. Should I know you get me boy wonder. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Good. All right. Uh, well, you read it, Connor. Madness. Um, 7.5. <laughs> Let's see where the audience lies on that debate, shall we? All right. Well, more Tom Taylor next because we got Titans mm-hmm. issue two, which is Tom Taylor writing with Nicholas Scott on the art. Uh, so... This, like, you know, immediately dealt with the Wally issue, which was like, wait, they killed off Wally? What, what, what? Right. Which, kind of. Yeah. Well, I was never worried about, like, no. maybe. Uh, you know, it, it never felt like it was a real thing. And sure enough, like, very, very quickly, they established that. Where it could be a real thing, obviously. There's a threat that he could die now. Yeah. But, but it won't be because the team will solve it. The team will I, solve it, yeah. I, I do love the fact, though, that they set that up, right? And there's this big cliffhanger. People were mad. Right. They actually have people read comics before. Yeah, I, was, I saw at least one person like sort of asked Tom, Tom Taylor about it on Twitter, yeah. and he just was like, "Just wait till issue two. <laughs> just keep, don't, keep don't worry reading. about it." <laughs> yeah, and so like 
there's all the stupid stuff, but then they immediately get to it. You know, that he goes, I, I called Linda, but she didn't answer because this guy did. <laughs> Here comes Wally. And just the whole, I, I could feel the flow of that scene playing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's you a very know. fun thing. Obviously, it starts with... Like, I'm, I'm glad you're not dead in a pool of blood. He's like, yeah. Me, me too, bud. <laughs> yeah. Me too, bud, yeah. So it starts with a flashback just setting up that Brother Blood's like their nemesis, right? Which obviously mm-hmm. comes up later. Um, and what was and interesting... they get completely undermined by the Justice League. They do. Yeah. What, what was interesting about this? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but has there ever been mm-hmm. a time when both the new Teen Titans and the other characters from the original Teen Titans were all mixed in one team? I don't... I do think so because that was the the post... Um, that was the, the... Right after they introduced them. But I don't feel like Tempest and, and Donna were there. But I do feel like Wally and... Oh. and uh, what, you mean New Teen Titans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Donna was definitely there, but I don't think... Was Tempest there? I don't think Tempest was there. I don't there. think so. But you're talking about a, a mix of those those guys. Basically, right? what I'm saying is, is this is the New Teen Titans team, but they've also right. got Garth and uh, right. Roy, right? Because Roy's not... Right. No, Roy that's, is in the New Teen Titans. Oh, wait. Yeah. I'm confusing myself now. Because the New Teen Titans was was Nightwing. Yes. And... and uh, um. Why am I drawing a blank? Wally, Wally Beast Raven, Boy, Raven. Yeah, yeah, Wally. Yeah. Wally, Beast Boy, right, Raven, Cyborg, yeah. Uh, yeah. Starfire. Yeah. And Donna. Roy wasn't there. Yeah, Roy yeah I didn't think Roy was. was. Yeah, Roy and Garth and are the think, ones that I didn't think were there yet. And Donna was in and out. She wasn't a main fixture in the New Teen Titans. She was definitely there in the first couple of arts, because I've read those. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, she starts off there. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she does it out later on, but she's right. definitely there at the start. Because I remember that's when she gets married, right? And they have to go to the wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, I was just, I was just thinking, was this just them mushing some continuity together? To be like, oh, they were all together a, at one point. I think, a, I think a little bit. I think a little bit, and we've had enough resets that you can just be like, yeah, this happened at some point. We just, oh, yeah, yeah. We just never read that story. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, I remember saying that in issue one where they go to, like, one of them goes to try oh. and talk to Garth, and I was like... Yeah. Yeah, but Garth was never on your new Teen Titans team, <laughs> which right. is what this team is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and that obviously comes up at the end of the issue when Garth apparently has joined the Brother Blood Cult, although I should say Brother Eternity now. I don't trust him. Oh, really, Matt? You don't think yeah. he can be trusted? <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the, the, the religion aspect. I know enough. Oh, I've all I can enough see life. is the deep saying, do I, you want a fresca? That's all I, I, I can see. That, that he's taking this from cult yes. brother blood which is you know what we used to play with as the cult leader to let's call it what it is evangelist born again yeah uh, uh-huh. <laughs> which is still a yeah. cult to be fair but it's still a it cult is, but, but, but at least at least the original let's the church of blood at least you knew where they stood right <laughs> yeah. these guys i'm very familiar with groups like the church of eternity and and they'll they'll yeah we'll come take you in and then immediately this, about, this definitely you know. feel, feels, especially from an Australian, right, in this, looking yeah. in at specifically US Christian culture, which is mm-hmm. wildly different from mm-hmm. my experience with Christianity anywhere else in the well, world. This, so again, it might just be recency bias because I watched that Hillsong documentary, right? And Hillsong does come from Australia, right? Where there was mm. this big, mm. big, big church, right? And I'm wondering if, if Taylor is familiar because... This this rebranding of the Church of Eternity feels a lot like what I watched in that That's Hillsong true. documentary, right? We're like we're this big welcoming church, and everyone should come and and you know sit in and 
we're not it, like it that was anymore. So bizarre to me to learn one day. I don't know when, but at one point yeah. during you know, my young adulthood, mm-hmm. realizing that when Americans thought Christianity, that's mm-hmm. what they think of. Mm-hmm. That is not the case in. Man, well, in you got to remember too that we were we were a heavily Protestant country at our founding, right? Right, but even oh. even here in England, where mm-hmm. a Protestant Protestant Catholicism, a Protestant Christianity is the mm-hmm. the religion of the state. Right. Uh, you, you know, our, our, our monarch is the leader of the religion. Right. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not ingrained in the same way. It's so no. alien to me. Yeah, yeah, no, and and again, that that comes down to the whole Anglican vibe of things, right? Yeah, and this might just be on my mind too, because of where I I went, right? In Canada, there was a on the East Coast, there was a Catholic presence, but it was still Anglican, right? So like, there was a balance there, but they were still, you know, like you said, the Anglican is the state, and so you know they are treated a little bit different, and so just like with this, when when I think of a shady church. And I know the Catholic Church has done very shady things throughout all of history. I immediately famously, think, yeah. I immediately though think of evangelical new wave yeah. stuff like you're this. You're thinking the righteous gemstones, man. That's what you're thinking. No, a hundred percent though. <laughs> and that's because that's what it's become. As soon as they can start monetizing things, right? It, that's where it and gets... it is. It's so uniquely American. Yes. Right? right, and so again, and let's say the Catholic Church did all this. I mean, the reason why the Protestant Church popped up is because the Catholic Church was doing stuff like that back. I, I mean, it's been Martin doing Luther. stuff for a, a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? So like, but yeah. So to see the, I, I just love this because the the Church of Blood is one of those Teen Titans things that I just love every time they come back to it because there's so many different things they can do. Um, I just and it even showed up in that in the uh, Multiversity book that was on Earth Nine. With the with the swap yes. ones where uh, that flashes from, um, I'm drawing a, a like on their name, but um, but yeah, so the Church of Blood shows up there too, and it's completely different than this version. It is. But just so, take it from a cult into this, mm-hmm. and it's the uh, the white suit with the the really loose tie, and you know, right? going up on the on the I'm TV just, on the talk show. I'm like, oh yeah, he's on yeah. Letterman or whatever it's meant to be right. parodying. I'm, I'm just one of you, and we we're looking for a lot of people that want to just join our family. And it's like, yeah, y'all are gonna be sacrificed at one point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, know. Judging by the cover of the next issue, maybe quite literally, <laughs> yeah, very very maybe. possibly. Uh, so yeah, so the big thing of the issue is that they analyze this wallet that's dead, and it's like, okay. It's not a wallet from a different universe. It's mm-hmm. we don't think it's like something fake. It could be a clone, maybe, but it's probably just you from the future. And one of the details they find is that uh, the soles of his shoes. It feels mm-hmm. like he's been running somewhere where there was a lot of fire or something like that. Right. And like wood. They said it was like wood smoke and yeah. ash. So ash in the suit. Yeah. So very quickly, there's this crisis pops up where Borneo is like on fire, and yep. uh, it was a really, uh, it was a really good bit like, actually with Beast Boy where he's, where he points out how many species are almost extinct that live in that that forest, yep. and he's sort of concerned about that. So Nightwing's like, "Hey, Wally, we're staying here," and Wally's like, "No, I need to go help people." He's like, "Nope, but this may be what kills you, <laughs> so we're going to stay here until we've mm-hmm. got a better idea what's going on." So and he's like, "Oh, can you? Yeah, you can't stop me." And he's like, wait, can you stop me? He's like, yeah. I can stop you. Yeah. <laughs> I was trained by Batman. I know how to stop him. Yeah. He's like, look, look, yeah, hey, we all know Batman does his shady shit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be level with you and tell you I do the shady shit out in public. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a way well, to take all of you down. Just be, just and be I'm warm. telling you this because you're my friend. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, but step out of line. Right. Yeah. Actually, it's worth mentioning, like, this fire, it looks like a giant crater when the rest of the team go there. It's just this yeah. massive hole in the forest. Yeah. Uh, but there's a big action sequence, though, where they basically teleport water from a nearby dam uh, and make it rain through a portal. I do like that. It's it's and the team working together. In charge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, puts, Dick puts Donna in charge for the mission, which I, I really mm-hmm. like, though, the uh, the whole, like, using the teleporters to, like, mm-hmm. you know, flood the, 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 uh, the fire. I like yeah. it because it it feels it feels distinctly different from the Nightwing book, and that this because we've got a team of characters who have these big superpowers, it mm-hmm. does feel like oh we're going to be facing very different like threats yeah. and issues compared to Nightwing. And what I learned here is Donna played Paul. What? Do you not think she played Paul? A portal. portal. Gotcha. I thought you said Paul. I thought it said Paul too, and then I'm like. I was like, who's Paul? Paul? Something I don't know. Yeah, 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 Portal. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, you know. Creative thinking coming from Paul. It it was. Well, I like, too, that it's, it's, you know, it's... (laughs) I love love that both me and the American band, what the hell is he saying? This weird English accent. (laughs) (laughs) Which it's usually Pete, but I've done shows enough with him now for coming on 10 years that I can get through the Scottish. But sometimes your English, Connor, is... uh, I don't even think I have a particularly strong accent. it's not until you say portal and, <laughs> and it comes out as Paul. <laughs> um, learn something new. Yeah. But no, just the, and the idea of the two, that it's, it's, it's oh. the magic person, it's Raven and it's cyborg, the technical guy, right? She's, she's putting those two together yeah, to, yeah. To, to get it done. So it shows the teamwork. She's problem solving. The, yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole, after that, the whole conversation with Corey, right. Which is like, Oh, I don't want you to be mean. Or I mean, I don't want you to be mad at me. Because, you know, usually you do the lead, but it's, again, very like, much like a, a family. Yeah. I, I, I think if you got, like, a thought bubble, the classic comic book days from Dick at this mm-hmm. point, he's probably thinking, I can never put Corey in charge because, I've, you know, I'm with Babs now, and that yeah. may look suspicious. <laughs> I've got to treat her like she's second best always. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think Corey knows this, and Corey's like, okay, that's whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just but, joking, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But um, also, but and so, you know, Beast Boy starts helping out, you know, takes the shape of an orangutan, which live in Borneo, you know, and he starts trying to save them, but he can't save them all. And, you know, he's shooken by all of this. Yeah. There's also just kind of nice vibes from having them hang out, you know, because it's that night, mm-hmm. at, you know, when they're having these conversations afterwards. Yeah. This is when they obviously see in the TV, the, the brother blood stuff. But yep. it's just kind of, there's just a nice chill vibe to all them, like unpacking and being like, oh, we're actually mm-hmm. living together again. And kind of yeah. just, you know, there's good vibe. I like a good vibe in a comic. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. gave me that. Uh, and then the big twist here at the end is that uh, uh, Garth Tempest is here and he's with Brother Blood on the TV show. Um, and I could I almost like feel the censorship where the final line is Beast Boy saying, oh, what the actual hell? And I'm like, uh-huh. I know that in my heart, Taylor initially thought what the actual hell Do you know what the extra line? problem is? Very, very slightly. Uh-huh. We've watched this exact scene with a water-based character. That's what Pete said at the beginning. Yeah, the deep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we've seen this exact scene where it's not censored. I, I, I made a fresca joke earlier on, yes. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> because we've seen it and, and where that is yeah. very much not censored, you know exactly what they're thinking. Like, you know, it, it has that extra bit of, like, I've seen the, the adult version of this scene. Hey, oh my God, if they actually go full deep with Gar. <laughs> they're not going to go full deep. I mean, not full, like, obviously not the sexual assault stuff, but, like, like if they go full deep where he's just like he's getting whales killed by accident <laughs> and, and shit like that. 
Oh, and it turns out he's a big Space Girls fan. He's listening to to Wannabe. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I definitely would believe that from him. <laughs> Man is, has yeah. taste. <laughs> Does he? He's with the Church of Eternity now. I just... <laughs> Musical taste. Like, I'm okay. not trying to character assassinate no. Tempest, no. but I don't know, like... There's probably him, there may be like seven people on the planet who would consider themselves fans of Tempest specifically, and I'm just saying that pissing off those seven people may be worth it for the joke of just mm-hmm. making them the deep in the DC universe. Because you know what I did with Aquaman, obviously. No, too no. yeah. Well, no, and, and and Jackson's made some good leeway. Yeah, and, and as, Jackson's as newer. And Jackson's it would be more, just disrespectful. Yeah, and Jackson's yeah. more important in the sense that he's, he's got a lot yeah. more things going on. Um. You know, he, like, what is Tempest? Because Jackson, not only has he got a connection to Black Mana, but he's also mm-hmm. good because for diversity yeah. because he's he's both gay and he's black, right? Mm-hmm. What does Tempest have going for him? He's just another Aquaman. It's like, you yes. know how we were talking about in, uh, in Wonder Woman, how many there's, how many pro yeah. Wonder Girls there are yeah, and successes, yeah. and they all just kind of got tossed aside. Yeah. Um, how long till uh, Arthur has a kid again and we have to do it all again? <laughs> Like, like play with that when they're... When well, we already have she, Andy. Oh, no, but how long till she gets yeah. older and we have to play with this all again? Oh, I mean, that's the thing, though. Even just those future state stories of Andy, it was like, yeah, Andy's a cool successor, way more cool yeah. than Tempest is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing, and this is, you know, might come off as mean, but, like, his own family didn't want him, right? <laughs> he, you know, you know, Garth's stories, he was left on the reef because of his purple eyes. So, and that's why Aquaman took him and, in. So, oh, I mean, it's clear. You know. I have nothing against Tempest. I don't dislike yeah. Tempest. But he's he, kind of bland. He's just, yeah, he's just a he's blank the... slate. He's, he's, he's nothing. <laughs> right. No, right. And that's, that's why I said Jackson's made leeway in, in the character where I like reading his stories. Like, if I had I more like, time, I would read all of them. I'm always know? slightly underwhelmed by his stuff in that. Because yeah. obviously he's, he's very heavily based on Calder from Young Justice. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I prefer that version of the character. Right. And yeah. I think I would have preferred a more direct adaptation of that character into the comics than what we did get with Jackson. Gotcha. Which is so it's always yeah. slightly disappointing for me when I when I read his stuff, but I mean, it's still better than Garth. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with Garth is they, they gave him magic to make him interesting, and that doesn't even. You know. <laughs> it's so funny though. He's like the Jason Todd of Aquaman, but at least Jason <laughs> Todd's in the Bat Family, which is obviously more prestigious <laughs> but, but at least with him as we went through a period of we hated jason right and the we opposite of love isn't hate it's apathy and that's yeah, where we, we ever hated garth. garth he's just there yeah he's just there to me that's worse right this is like there's a lot of people right now especially after spider-verse and i'm hearing it at work ben riley apologists <laughs> people claiming ben oh. riley's their favorite spider-man and ben riley was always called so, like, you're lying sack of shits no because i know you know andrew we all know andrew ben riley was always cool that's uh james <laughs> that's... was always cool from twin peaks that's what that hey, is. You know, there's, uh, there's some some twin peaks rumors going I, around once uh, spider verse came yeah. out and i had that spoiled for me because i didn't know i've been so out of stuff but i hear about ben riley and now andrew has not shut up so not only does he love jason todd <laughs> now 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 I got Ben Riley stuff all over, and then like, I hear who's playing Ben Riley, and it it, it irritates me. Yeah, and then Garth so. is like even below those two shitty characters. Yes. Yeah, I'm so. pissing everyone off today. 
How, how did this turn into you, this? All seven of them, Connor. Yeah, this turned into the assassination of Tempest for some reason. I, I don't know and this why. is why he's joined the Church of Eternity, because he can't get no respect. <laughs> I might as well just throw in with these guys, you know? Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if if he's working with Waller or something. Oh, surely. That, There's obviously you know like I mean? a swerve coming here, or he's yeah. being mind-controlled or something. I, but, yeah. like, it is, it's like, funnier it, if he's not. It's so true. Wait. When you looked at the Titans book... Uh, you know, when the rebirth started, right? Mm-hmm. And you looked at that team, like, he was easily the least... Like, if you took him out, again, maybe seven people would care that he wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? How many, how many people do you think would care about the team of the rejects? Garth, Jason? There's enough Jason Probably apologists. would have to throw Cassian at this point, let's be fair. I mean... Oh, that's a shame. But, yeah. I know, but yeah. fits the mould. Who do you throw in from the super family? Don't you dare say Connor. It's obviously I mean, Connor. It kind of is Connor. <laughs> that's not happy he knows it's true though so he's not arguing he's just sad I can't okay, who do you throw from Green Lantern and why is it Kyle it's not Kyle <laughs> that don't you dare I don't think who Green, is it then I don't think Green Lantern has one in the city because Green Lantern doesn't have like generations it's just no. more Green Lanterns yeah, the closest would probably be Simon Simon Baz yeah. just because he's kind of gone forgotten because Jess still pops up but he's I haven't seen Simon about. since since the Green Lantern's book. Yeah, he's much newer than these, these other characters we're talking about, but yeah, he yeah. probably fits the bill more than anyone else. Yeah. You know what, though? Written by Matthew Rosenberg, that's almost Task and Force you, Z you level. Can have a, you can throw Connor Hawk in there as well. Sure. He's back on the come-up. People, people care about him a little bit more than, yeah. than Jason and that, but... Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. But anyways, uh, no. Um, the, the other thing I want to talk about Titans before we re-rate it, too, is that when they're trying to figure out what caused that fire... Right, they mm. they study the energy signature and it's Tamaranian. So, you know, I'm wondering if there's a black fire or if we're gonna get some more Tamaranian stuff popping up. But... That or it's someone framing them. Right. Yeah, yeah. I do appreciate though that the first issue set up that we're we're doing the romance with Raven and Beast Boy, mm-hmm. and we were still doing stuff with Raven own story and now we're setting exactly. up some stuff that ties into starfire i like that all these yeah. plots have been set up that all feed into the different it, members of the team rather than just yeah. you know one thing even it's not just nightwing and his amazing friends it is a titans book yeah it's yeah. focusing on all nightwing of feels like one of the smallest characters in the book yeah which he, in some ways he should right now because he's the one with a with a book I for mean, himself him him and wally and but, wally's pretty minor here as well yeah, yeah and he's also the straight man who's given the orders so it yeah. inherently works that he's getting yeah. less mm-hmm. so no it's a very good issue though i mean i don't know if we ever said that <laughs> like yeah. i really enjoyed no, this issue I enjoyed it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, it was as enjoyable as as apathetic as we are to garth so uh, <laughs> no, just, uh, we don't even hate garth it's I just know. easy pickings well now it's become a joke and we're gonna bring it up as much as we can i'm just imagining yeah. i mean this isn't quite the same moment but that moment on the boys where he's reintroduced in season three is the deep and they do that thing where he turns around dramatically and the, the light turns <laughs> on him like i'm just picturing that now yeah <laughs> and oh. the swagger up to the stage oh good stuff all right <laughs> what are you rating titans about i'm gonna give this an 8.5 connor uh i'm gonna go with an eight 
yeah, I'll go, I'll go 8.5 as well. I, I think this and re, honestly, I read this in Nightwing back to back, and it was just mm-hmm. a, a pleasant. It's it's almost a shame though having them in the same week. It's nice to spread the love out a bit <laughs> between the yeah. weeks. But yeah, they weren't on the same sure. week last month. They weren't. I imagine, given that we're not even going to have more issues of them until September, that it'll probably be back to a normal or scheduled for then. Did I, did I close the tab again? <laughs> I don't know. Did you, Connor? Uh, I did. Oh, bloody hell. All right. Why, why do I keep doing this? He's the one that likes to fact-check things as well. You think he'll have learned to keep the facts open. <sighs> Whatever. Bloody hell. Absolute shambles. <sighs> we will just sit here in silence whilst our own tempest of the show uh looks up the dates oh i wasn't doing it i i, I, I just uh, it's not okay. oh you've given up i'm he's not gone. putting up again wow is that a downgrade or an upgrade that he's gone from our jason todd to our tempest <sighs> it's, it's, it's more apathetic about it. it's it's like they had sex and had a baby <laughs> and then somehow a ginger <laughs> <laughs> got got in spliced in somewhere. That's why he's so pasty and so red. <laughs> For this, I'm checking. Nightwing's out on the the nineteenth. Early search Teen Titans and out of habit. Mm, it's also out on the nineteenth. So same oh, week again. That's just a thing though. Oh, okay. Man. They're they're same week, Marty. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 16 Mark Wade writing with Dan Mora on the art. So we've got Mora New Mezo and all of his antics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Just because obviously I wasn't here for the last issue. Mm-hmm. This is still Dick as Robin. It's set in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is this because there's a smartphone mention at one point? It's it's not just that it's smartphone. It's that they talk about AI and they talk about mm-hmm. like it's the specific phrasing of calling it AI and uh, and they're like oh yeah and like they say smartphones and self driving cars. Yeah, like, that was a bit weird to me, but I suppose comics. A, yeah, but I suppose in a weird oh. way because time obviously is always kind of fluid and moving forward with comics. Mm-hmm. It feels maybe a bit soon for this, but in in some level, what we think of as the Silver Age and the characters' lives. It's probably at least post two thousand now. <laughs> it is. It's when we started reading comics. Is this again? I know, I know. I'm not so mad about there being smartphones because it didn't bother me in whatever that what Batman book was. It, it might have been the um, the Lemire Batman and Robin or Robin and Batman. Yeah, there was a, there was like a smartphone during that, and P got really hung up on it being there. It felt it felt weird to me at the time. Um, it's, this feels probably weirder because it's meant to be a, like a. a past story and continuity oh, it's, we it's, it's about less how... the fact that there are smartphones it's more the phrasing of it as those as things smart. as ai yeah, right. yeah. Like, like even now people don't call those things ai no yeah but... I, I guess it's, it's like it's set in the past but wade just doesn't really care about making it, it feel it, like the past it's just the thing as well like functionally i felt this last issue as well but just the idea of a a mezo 2.0 like how do you go back down to a Mezo for every threat following this period and it still feel like a threat? I mean, you just forget the story happened, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. when it comes right, up again. Right, but it's, it, it's more an in-universe thing. It's like, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's that, that power crunch. Everything's getting stronger and stronger, but this, this feels like it's too strong too early in the timeline. Yeah, no. That's... You're not wrong. Yeah. I, 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 that's With all that said, I don't hate 
the story. I don't hate the issue. I just no, it was like yeah. timeline nitpicks. Yeah, I mean, I still had a lot of fun with this. I think um, this idea that Amazo to be perfect needed the tech from the Metal Men so it could actually think for himself. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's a fine that's fun, concept. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Amazo's always just been brute strength, and now what if he had intellect? Yeah. Root strength. Um, I also like Robin and Flash showing up with the cavalry at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fun moment. Uh, you've got Plastic but... Man and the Metal Men. Sorry, do you mean Mr. Wang? Very good. Very good. That's a reference to the Gil Simone Plastic Man miniseries. Uh, Wang. Everything was so Wang. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, all the action's really good. Obviously, the art's amazing here. I really like the moment, actually, where... Uh, Batman gets the other people who have been held captive by New Amazo to make Oliver a bow and arrow so he can, like, fire something at the, the New Amazo. <laughs> Are you sure this is going to work? Or not even New Amazo, sorry. It's the Kryptonite... Uh... It, it's uh, Ultramorpho. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he's lined up the shot and he's like, doesn't this, like, reveal my secret identity? And Batman just whispers, I'm Batman. They'll think it was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I it's... thought that was really funny. <laughs> Well, it's up there with the Bill Murray thing to me of the no one will ever believe you. Yeah. And and anytime you have normal people teaming up with Batman, they're just going to assume Batman did it. Yeah. So I like that it builds, it, it adds to the legend. It's the sort of thing where, where because Batman, the, mm-hmm. the mythology of because Batman yeah. Yeah. is really yeah. fun to use because well, it's not because Batman, because he's not doing it. Right. But it's also that it's the Ollie and Bruce rivalry that I just love. And it's why... You know, when he shows up in, in Dark Knight Returns on Bruce's side, it that's why it means so much because these two are always on opposite ends of each other. Yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, so here them playing into that and he's like, and Bruce kind of twists the dagger. Everyone's going to think it was me anyways. Uh, and always so, like, yeah, like you could do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. But the point is everyone will think it was him that the Solly Solly. Yeah. Right. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah. So, you know, Batman and Superman, once they're rescued, dish out all these jobs uh, to, to the team. Uh, sends Wonder Woman and Robin, which is I, I, you know what, one of my favorite things about this book has become mm-hmm. like all the different people he keeps teaming Robin up with. We've seen Robin with yeah. Superman, Robin with Supergirl, Robin with Flash, now Robin with Wonder well, Woman. Yeah, that makes sense because you know he is the. Everyone heart. loves Dick Grayson. Everyone yeah, loves Dick. Absolutely. Yes, he's he's the heart of the DCU, and this is why, right? He's he's Wade, there. Wade understands the, that. Yeah. 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 So they go off to because uh, T.W. or Morrow or T.O. Morrow, uh, is, T.O. Morrow. The, is the only like robot inventor who was not kidnapped and brought into yeah, this. Because he saw it coming. It was like, <laughs> out, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Uh, which is yeah, basically what he says. And then the big cliffhanger uh, at the end of the issue is that the Supergirl that showed up with the rest of the team was not actually Supergirl. It was New Mezo shapeshifted mm-hmm. to be Supergirl because he's taken shapeshifting abilities from someone. Probably Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter. Yeah. Would be my guess, but... Probably, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... I thought that was a, a fun little cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. The book it just kind of continues to be, like, this absurd blend of, like, comics pulp where Wade's really good at just doing these light-hearted stories. Uh, clearly, he does not care about uh, the things we were nitpicking at the start, which yeah. is these... Is it, they're not big deals. No, no really. just... It's just things that I... Like, as I was reading it and getting... You know, especially, it's in the first couple of pages, so I'm not, like into the issue yet it always takes a couple of pages he's not letting actual logic get in the way of the story right he has a story that he wants to tell about ai and you know it's it's the sort of story where the writing's good and fun Mm -hmm. but with a average just you know just a regular house style artist Mm -hmm. i would maybe consider dropping this book at that point like it's it's the art that brings it to life and makes it 
a must read. Also, I think Wade is also pulling these insane, like, because every character that pops up in this, I'm sure, is a real character that he knows that he's putting in there. Mm-hmm. But there's like ones that he mentions in here that I have never heard of, and he, there's like five of them probably by the time the issue ends. And I'm like, you're just pulling these deep cuts out of your DC knowledge ass. He's, and a, he's a lot like Morrison with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very impressive. Um, like one of the the like the robot inventors was like, who's this one? Like I, I read, mm-hmm. you know, I know Ivo, I know, uh, you know. Uh, Good toy man, Doctor Cyber, Bertram yeah. Larvin. Yeah, Larvin, Bertram that was the one. Like, who, who's this guy? I don't know. I, I believe he's real. I know Wade pulled him from somewhere. We're yeah. gonna find out right now. I had time to look last night when I was reading it. Yeah, so it's just like I, I trust that he's putting in a lot of the weird nerdy shit that he wants to. Like GI Robot. That was the other one. Yeah, GI Robot. Yeah. Never heard of. And. I, but I think what what makes it all work, apart from just being fun and the art being great, is that it's those little moments like Oliver and Batman, or mm-hmm. these interactions between Robin and Wonder Woman, where he just gets the personalities of the characters so well that it's always fun to read as a DC fan, especially since we're doing these versions of them that are a bit more back to basics in a sense, because they're not the current, like, weighed down by decades and decades of continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword. Like I say, it, it means there are those inconsistencies that you, that you feel, but it makes them very straightforward, simplified versions of the characters. They're very streamlined. Yeah, so that means you can just play with them in the raw form. Yeah, good fun. All right, you got this Larvam character, Matt. I, I don't. It's, oh my he's god, not coming this out. is a deep cut. Then there he goes. He was also the bug-eyed bandit. Whoa! And a thief and adventure. He uses mechanical bugs to commit crimes in Ivy Town. So he's an Adam. Villain. He's I spelled Larvin wrong. He's an then villain. Okay. Doctor Cyber. Do you know what? I don't think familiar? I can name you a villain. Villain of the Atom. Actually, that's a. Well, now you can. Yeah, now I can. Apparently, yeah. Ants. So, and and Doctor Cyber is a Wonder Woman villain. Okay. So, She's yeah, got a lot yeah. of doctors as well, then. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Psycho, Doctor Cyber, Doctor Poison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that honestly had a good time. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But it probably doesn't lead to the same amount of discussion as those last few books. So. No, it, it's a very straightforward, just fun book. And I think a lot of that is Dan Moore's art just being gorgeous the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because the way that man churns out issue after issue every month without fail and looks this good yeah, is impressive. Almost like he has superpowers. When, when's the last time you saw a Dan Moore fill-in? Like when he needed one because he went straight from he was working on once and future into detective comic straight into mm-hmm. this he's got shazam like mm-hmm. he, they, they they always stagger it so he's alternating arcs but you know like you, you get a good chunk of damn more art at a time you, right, you never have like his one issue and then he's off for two issues and then he's back right. no and when, when he does need a break that's where they do like the the one issue like that's i know we've like got the chat uh, more Travis Moore, yeah, I was going to say, is coming up. Yeah. Also, so. just one note here is New Morpho also takes intelligence from people in the same way uh-huh. that the powers come. So uh, it mentions that he's already smarter than all these scientists combined because he's taken all their knowledge. So just, mm-hmm. just something yeah. worth noting probably for future reference. Uh, Power creep is real. Somehow Batman will still outsmart him because he's Batman. There's, there's even a moment where Hal's like that at one point. 
where like Batman tells him to go and do something, and isn't he, he's like, isn't that, isn't that what they want? He's like, yeah, yeah, never mind, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a plan. Just just go. Yeah. With it. <laughs> uh, no. All right, Matt, what are you giving World's Finest? I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Uh, also agreeing at the seven point five. Yeah, I'll give it a seven point five. I have no reason to rock the boat. Uh, very good. So, Bad Girls, issue 19, Becky Clinton and Michael Conrad writing with Robbie Rodriguez on the art, and seemingly as is, is the final issue of the run, definitely feels that way by the end. It's kind of a, a proper sentimental goodbye, and you know, once a Bad Girl, always a Bad Girl. Uh, it's a solid issue, though. It's a solid end to this little three-issue arc, that, or four-issue arc that's done at the end here, of the sniper, um, you know, shooting and... Uh, what the the podcaster Grace like sort of mm-hmm. been on a revenge kick because her, her cameraman got shot, right. and it, it all leads up to Steph having to talk her down into not shooting uh, for revenge. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's some heart there, which is good. Uh. But the idea that you've got the hell, all the people, like, you know, basically protesting and saying in support of the Batgirls, uh, and seeing all the supporting characters that we've seen at the end, you know, come to visit. Uh, the cameraman in the hospital, so you, you get the, the bookstore yeah. owner comes in, um, all the other characters that we've met al- along the way. You know, it's a it's a fun time, and it it gives some payoff to the characters because Steph gets to fight and show that she's learned a lot from Cass as far as actual fighting goes. Uh, yeah. So that's nice. Um, Cass as well gets some big moments. Uh, I mean, the actual reveal of who the sniper is. Uh, is you know, it's whatever. It's not a big yeah. deal, really. It's uh... well, it was it was one of those things that was spoiled by the cover, right? Like yeah. this was this a couple issues ago. There was a cover with Gunhawk and Gun Bunny, and it was like, oh, okay, well, why would they be on the cover? Yeah, but it's not really um, Gunhawk though, because Gunhawk's dead, no. right? Right. But there's the guy who was from that villain team from the start of this run who is right. now pretending to be Gunhawk. One of the saints. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's pretending to be Gunhawk, and he's the second sniper. Uh, yeah. But Cass gets him by the end of the issue. Well, Steph takes mm-hmm. on Gun Bunny, so they both right. got someone to fight, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the art is pretty solid, uh, as Robbie yeah. Rodriguez has been. I will say there's so there's a big page where Gun Bunny gets shot by uh, you know this the other sniper, and uh-huh. like it's a it's a great panel where you know you see like, the 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 crack in the window behind her, and the bullets like really enlarged out front for perspective, and it's like come uh-huh. through her chest. My only critique of this panel, which I think is very good, is that it almost looks like she's given a two thumbs up as she's being <laughs> shot. I'm going to be looking at this now. Uh, That's all I could see when I looked at it. It was her giving two thumbs up while she's being shot like from back to front through the chest. And I just, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> I'm imagining things. She's, she's a fan. <laughs> she's a fan of being <laughs> shot, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i can see that because it, it looks i'm trying to see what how she was standing before and she wasn't because she gets ddt'd that's uh, right by, steph ddt's steph. her yeah it's a hell of a DDT. She, it's a hell of a ddt as well though like it looks like she's breaking her neck obviously she's that, not that's a jake the snake ddt <laughs> you get hit you stay down um but yeah so i'm looking at how she was standing before and there's really not so she's <laughs> Maybe she was giving her the, you know, the, the thumbs up on the DDT, you know? <laughs> so that's a proper DDT. Yeah. Not, not a shit Tommy Dreamer one, a proper one. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but then all the, the cast fighting stuff too, uh, when she fights the, the not gun hawk, that's all well done. 
to make up for the thumbs up, I guess. So yeah, I, I think what made this work is the last art. Even though I wish it maybe got another ten or so issues, mm-hmm. just to you know have a bit more of a fuller run, is that because you've got the entire like you know district coming out to support the Batgirls because they've been making them feel safer. It does have this kind of like rounded quality to it, where it feels like oh, this is mm-hmm. an ending. This feels like okay, the very yeah. respect of everyone around them. Um, they've both gotten better. Steph and Cass feel like they're best friends for life now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's done a lot of nice little things for these yeah. characters. And then the narration, which I know is a, a kind of a, a nitpick throughout, right? Yeah. I do like how it ends here, right? So the last last two um, were text boxes, or, you know, Chance brought us together, and now we're connected by a, a single noble truth. Once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl, right? So it was clearly written in one of their voices, right? Yeah. So it's almost like they're they're going back and, and telling the story, you know, um, and that's where that, you know, the third person stuff comes from. Uh, but I do like how it ends like that. That it, it brings it, like you said, kind of full, not not full circle, but it brings it around. Yeah, and, and obviously the- we know Cass is going to be on Birds of Prey. I hope Steph mm-hmm. shows up somewhere. It'll, it'll be a shame if Steph is left behind after yeah. this. Um, yeah. At the very least, I hope she keeps popping up as a supporting role in the other Bat books. Mm-hmm. Um, but she could she rotate. shop in Tim's book at some point. Could do. She also might end up rotating into Birds of Prey at some point. It's not yeah. entirely unlikely that that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, it's a it's a book that started off a little rocky, but it kind of got better with each arc. And I w- I really enjoyed like basically the the back half of the book. I really enjoyed quite immensely. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, all the stuff with the body swap. That's where I came back. Yeah, the Everything, body swap yeah, around the annual and stuff all, was great. Yeah, that was all really good. So yeah, but yeah. So, no, good time. I recommend if you're mm-hmm. fans of these characters and you want a nice fun story with them, I think it's a solid little run mm-hmm. uh, that does build some stuff over time. Uh, I wish it was a little bit longer. Like I say, I think another 10 issues or so just to get to that mm-hmm. you know 30 number would have been nice. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, and at least, you know, they got a few number of arcs out of it so that we yeah. can actually have, you know, it, it always sucks to me when like a book gets cancelled so early, it feels like it got basically just two arcs and you're like, eh, it doesn't yeah. really feel like a run, it just feels like two stories, so. Yeah. Well, and it feels like Steph got to be Batgirl again, right? Because during the whole New 52 when she was gone and then they tried to bring her back a spoiler and that didn't seem to work, so here, you know, she's a Batgirl and, and it feels right again, you know, we came, came back to it, so. Yeah, so hopefully uh, there's more to come from both of them uh, in the not-too-distant future. Obviously, because there's, there's plenty of Babs right now, because Babs is in Nightwing heavily, mm-hmm. and she's even popping up as Oracle and lots of other books. So mm-hmm. uh, not worried about Babs, certainly, right now. John, I, I forgot to mention this in time, because I think it was more in the first issue. Mm. Um, Babs popping up as Oracle felt like Charlie and Charlie's Angels. She pops in and like, Titans, I have a mission. Yeah. Well, which is almost a little Birds of Prey, actually, because that was kind of her role. In yeah. Birds. Yeah. Right. So, uh, it's interesting. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you giving Batgirls issue 19? I'm going to give this a solid 7. Yeah, I probably will too. I think the first issue or two of the Sniper arc were really good. It was like two of the best mm-hmm. issues of the whole run. They, they had the tension in there, Yeah, right? I think this is just a little weaker just because the actual reveal of who the Snipers are yeah. deflates the tension a bit because yeah. they just feel like typical villains rather than something yeah. that's actually scary but uh still a solid ending i, li- I like the the final kind of beats and uh, the sweet moments mm-hmm. between the, the girls so yeah I-, I would agree with the uh 
seven. So, um, all right. Uh, the Vigil issue two, Ram V rating with Lilit Kumar Sharma on the R. So, uh, we praised the first issue of this to the high mm -hmm. heavens. Well, maybe not Connor because he wasn't here, but I wasn't. Um, I had to read both issues. I. <laughs> Oh. I like it a lot. Oh. No, no, no. I like it a lot. I think I potentially got it overhyped by you two very slightly. Okay. Maybe. Um, I still think it's very good. Yeah. But I don't... It might not even be my favorite of the three, you know, We Are Legends books. Wow. It's like it's like neck and neck with Spirit World for me. But for very wildly different reasons. Yeah. They're vastly different books. Yeah. And I love that both of them exist. Okay. I just... This this gives me this fills the void that Checkmate left. I think th this is this is a better crafted comic than Spirit yeah. World is. I want to say that for a start. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the vibe and the fun that I get out of Spirit World that I think I enjoy yeah. more on a monthly ish basis. Yeah. I think this will be a phenomenal trade though. Um, this this one went to some places I wasn't ready for an espionage book. Hmm. You know that last page. I think, me for quite, quite a doozy. Yeah. So if, if Ram V can keep doing this, like keeping me on my toes by you know, just when I think that, oh, this is a superhero espionage book, like Checkmate. Yeah, well, yeah. They, or it, is it? Wild. Well, I, I think yeah. there's a couple of things it does. One, it focuses in on one of the team members for the, the actual uh -huh. mission part of the story, which is good because it lets us get to know one of them more, which is, mm -hmm. I think, smart after the first issue where you get, like, a little taste of all of them. Uh -huh. um, so that's good. Um, I think it also, like you say, adds this extra element in by the end where it's like, okay, the guy who's running this place, they're, they're, they're called there, if you will. Yeah. The The, the doctor. Um, like he, yeah, there's more going on with him because he goes into this what, alternate reality or whatever it is at the end. Like some void of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Um, ethereal space full of. <sighs> but yeah, fish. I don't know if that's ship. Like some of them look like mechanical ship style mm -hmm. that after fish. Some of them, like, just have eyes. They just look like giant right. weird alien fish. Yeah, yeah. But, so the character we get a lot of this issue is Arclight. Uh, who mm -hmm. is someone who lost his family um, because of like a like it was like a plant accident that spread chemicals around this town and that, killed everyone? Right, that might have been to deal with the state having a land grab. Yeah, to get that area. So you know? that's left him kind of in this rough place where he doesn't want to come back to duty because he was like you know in the military or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, cut to present day, and he's arc light now. And he's breaking into this location. This is where they track that package that they, they destroyed mm -hmm. the item in last issue, but they put a tracker on like a decoy package to see where it was going. And that's and where, where it went. Yeah, this is where Arclight's going in, this Camp Weston, which turns out to be a place where the villains here have been experimenting on children to see if they can control the weather. Uh, mm -hmm. because they tied weather to like emotions, but because kids don't have like the blocks up that adults do to like sort of control yeah. their emotions. Uh, what's what's now you say the villains did this? I say villains, yeah. I, I was just the a... US government did Well, I was, I was just... same thing. <laughs> it was a general term just for the yeah. Yes, but so... I think important to note this comes from a US government program. Yeah. Right. Um... There's a US government program. So the when they get to Camp Weston, there's this like array of antennas, right? They're like old school it looks like a... TV antennas. Yeah, it looks like a grid almost the way they're talking yeah, about. And which reminds me there's a place in Alaska called HARP, H A A. H-A-A-R-P, right? That is very similar to this, that people, conspiracy theories have been abound for years that it's a weather control station, right? So the fact that I feel like Ram V pulling from that with the vigil here, you know, playing in those dark shadows, 
you know, and him using this version of it to have a place where, oh no, it's even worse than just controlling the weather. Yeah, it's okay, experimenting and, on kids. And they, t- they set up as well that um, all the like, places surrounding this place um, all had like weird weather disasters that mm-hmm. drove everyone away. Like, you know, a town nearby right. got flooded, another one got like a like a tornado or something like yeah, that. Right. Uh, like, so it sort of sets up that there's some weird anomalies going on here. And then when he gets in, uh, we get a character that looks like a like a cyber a cyber techno horror style thing or better yet there's a direct comparison you can make with saga because saga has like a race of it's, characters who have tvs for heads I, you know what I happened when i was when it, when it got to this part of the book yeah i was like this feels like a doom patrol book uh-huh yeah there's a, there's a little doom patrol actually Both. yeah i feel like the, the tone of the book's different from doom patrol because doom patrol has that sort of heart to it Z- this feels yes, a little zaniness yeah this yeah. feels a little bit more serious and darker than doom patrol yeah. oh definitely yeah. i'm not saying this is the same it's it's not a, a doom patrol book you know, you know what ram beat it that like immediate like vibe yeah yeah he he got really into 80s morrison and went what if what if i did doom patrol but with animal man's tone and and now mm. we got the vigil. Yeah, it it definitely feels like something you might get in like a, a techno horror story, or dare I say, some sort of David Lynch like yeah, <laughs> short so, or something. So Arclight's getting the, like um, making his way through the base, the right? TV and he sees, sees these uh, the soldiers retreating, and they're like, "It's awake! It's awake!" And I'm expecting some kind of monster, right? Some big. And it's it's a kid with a TV, head. and it's a kid with like a a, a TV camera on his head. Oh my god! And but he can control the weather. Yeah, yeah. We're you saying know? TV because it looks kind of like a TV, but there's not a it's, screen on it. It's there's like, no screen. It's mm-hmm. it's a box with an antenna. Yeah, but it's right. got, it's got like a light in the middle instead of a screen. Right. Um, but yeah, so immediately it's like, hey, this was something that was done to this. But this kid is like vaporizing people in front of yeah. him uh, with these powers. Uh, actually, you can almost say it's a, there's a little bit of a Stranger Things quality to this because mm-hmm. you see you see like a, a flashback to. Uh, you know when the, the doctor who's running the team is talking about his experience with this place mm-hmm. um like you see a panel of like all these kids and like ones like levitating rubik's cubes yeah and it's like oh this was them experimenting on yeah. a bunch of children there's, there's I, definitely mm-hmm. some stranger things kinda... i did like that backstory bit where he's like of course there's weather control conspiracies like like humans have wanted to control the weather for millennia yeah. like uh, you know it talks about you know rain dances uh you right. know and Egypt. That's the one storms. thing that, no matter how great our technology is, we are still at the mercy of Mother Nature. Yeah, I mean, we can make it rain. Yeah, but you also like you can't stop a hurricane. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a former president wanted to nuke them, so who knows? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> have we tried it? The, Do we know it doesn't work? The other yeah. plot thread uh that comes up here so there was the murder of the guy that got the was it saha's the main woman who now works with the team uh the guy that got her involved with the vigil Mm -hmm. he turned up dead at the end of last issue right and we get go back to that crime scene the cops are there and there are two other team members uh dodge and the other one with the mask I forget his name. Yeah, uh, it's still learning because they're all new characters. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. they're there to get some evidence themselves, and they collect this black goo that's at the the crime scene. And then mm-hmm. the tease we get of where it might have came from is this sniper, where his eye is just black goo, and but that's the that's the eye that he's looking through the scope with. So it's like and it's still mm-hmm. like leaving residue on yeah. the scope as it as yep. it takes his face Ugh. away. So this is this is an interesting potential villain we're setting up here with this black goo eye. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I, I do i do love it yeah and then he kills mm-hmm. someone else as well because we cut to him like lining up a shot and then 
um, uh, what Mr. Wall, I think his name we get for. Wall, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he kills someone in a building, you know, a business meeting. Um, and, and again, it doesn't look like bullets. It's just mm-hmm. like goo. Yeah. Blackness. Like it's like just like this inky splotches is, is the way it's represented and we get yeah. a tease for the guy who's given him this order which is a guy with a cane which is like mm-hmm. it's got like a shark like on the, the cane tip yeah. yep. um and he's walking into lex corp and that's kind of the other tease so we're teasing like these villains and like you know who the people are yeah, that well because are... remember that the, the package that they intercepted was for Le- from lex corp that's right yeah so, uh, so um no i don't think lex is behind anything here i think this is no. someone who is using lex corp but for yeah. their own means rather than lex right. himself I, I feel like that's why he's going because the thing that they're supposed to get never made it yeah know? so i he, wouldn't be mad if lex is involved on some level sure yeah i wouldn't bother me but it just kind of feels like it's separate from him at this point yeah yeah uh so yeah, but you, you get the nice scene where uh, Arclight has to talk down the kid who's like still trying to use his powers, mm-hmm. and he basically has to stop him from going nuclear. I mean, not literally, but effectively. For that sequence, as you know, as he's getting closer, yeah, you know, and and just you know walking he's... towards the kid, yeah, as uh, a fantastic sequence. They're, they're, that, and then him basically like understanding where he comes from because he lost his family, right? And so he's looking across on the kid, like you know, I know it's hard for you right now, and you just want to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, just take a breath. I think I think given us this backstory on Arclight gives us the impression mm-hmm. that all these characters who are on the team are probably all broken in some way. They've all got mm-hmm. something that's led them here that we're probably going to find out throughout yeah. the story. It yeah. just fleshes them out a little bit. Um, but and as much as these are our heroes, it does feel like they don't necessarily have much morals. Like Arclight no. just straight up eviscerates all those dudes outside you know the yeah, kid makes soldiers, it rain on them and he yeah. just electrocutes all of them bro that might be one of my favorite moments in a comic where he, great, yeah. he lets he lets the kid you know like let him have it yeah right yeah, all and then it rains and then they're all standing around they're like what's going on and then he hits him with his electricity and that's it yeah it's really like, simple oh, it's just you know the kid like his little antenna shoots a beam up it yeah. makes it rain and then arc lights like okay they're all wet now <laughs> zap super cool <laughs> yep. yeah so no, very cool. Um, and it leaves them all like just burnt, like because that panel afterwards where there's like smoke just coming off them, bodies and, and yeah. you see Saha just being like, "What the hell have I signed up for?" Yeah, well, Saha's horrified. Yeah. She doesn't know what to do. And that's when she goes into the, the 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 leader, the doctor's room, and his clothes are just there on the floor, like, like almost like he's disappeared, mm-hmm. like a ghost. And his clothes mm-hmm. have been left behind. And then the final page is him get into a black void. It's, I mean, it's, it gives us a name for it. It's the an- Antion. Antion, yeah. Uh, but it looks like this weird alien dimension. It looks like it's a desert, but then there's all these floating weird eye things in the sky. Mm-hmm. And he just says, oh, Hep, what have you done? So who so is Hep? Hell? Who is Hep exactly? Hep. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and what, mm-hmm. what have they done? <laughs> it, that felt like something out of his, his swamp thing, right? Like yeah, it's, it's, it, it feels like it's yeah dipping into like these more ethereal ideas at the uh-huh. end. On this is where of... you, I can I can see where Matt's coming from with the the Morrison influence, because mm-hmm. up to this point it feels like it's like a rocker book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it does. Yeah. Tonally, and and then all of a sudden it's or is it? We're, we're <laughs> yeah. shooting people with black goo, having kids control the weather, well, and then sending them to the place. It's like it's like Rucker and Morrison's brainchild. Yeah, well, I was yeah. comparing it last issue. I was saying it reminded me of when I first got into like a Silencer when that came out, and just being kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is kind of cool having this like unique character mm-hmm. with abilities, mm-hmm. and it's more of an espionage thing. This is doing that, and 
the structure of the storytelling so far has been very good. Like, both issues have played with structure. The first issue probably more so, but even this one does it a little bit. Uh, where it's mm-hmm. playing with the order of events to try and make the events mean more. And I think it does that quite well. So, um, yeah. I do think the first issue is better, because the first issue, I, like, I gave it a really high score, because I thought it was an exceptional mm-hmm. first issue. I think this is a really good second issue, though. I think I prefer yeah. this issue, which, again, maybe controversial. I think this one yeah. just, it, it hooked me a little bit more. I have no idea what the re- like. I have literally not heard anyone else talk about this book, so all, all I know is no. what we said. <laughs> so. Don't be wrong. Like, the first issue, it's still a it's, it's a great issue, but there's a lot of this is the introduction, right? Which mm-hmm. of, of course it is. It's, it's necessary. This issue, by its nature, was able to be a little bit more focused on this is a mission. We're, it's still focused on one character, but it's like okay, this is this is everything in motion. This is kind of how it functions, issue to issue, and I I think I enjoyed this more. Yeah. Uh... So, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll rate the book then. But uh, Vigil is is my favorite of the the three We Are Legends books. It, it just clicked with me so much uh, with that first issue, and I think this one didn't do anything to hurt that. So. I think this is this is the best of the three books, but I don't know if it's my favorite yet. <laughs> uh, that's fair, uh, Matt. What are you giving the book out of ten? I mean, it's an eight. Connor, I'll probably give it an eight point five. Yeah, I'll give it an eight point five. I give the first one like an eight point five. So I mean, I I yeah. You know, uh, so so far, excellent miniseries. Uh, you know, Ram V's mm-hmm. Ram really cemented a place in like, my current DC, like Mount Rushmore, right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I have not for read sure. anything from Ram V I didn't enjoy, and I've gone and hunted back a lot of his older stuff. Mm-hmm. All of it's great, yeah. So, uh, excellent stuff. Uh, that is the vigil issue two. All right, final book of the week is mm-hmm. Cyborg issue two. Uh, which oh. I did not read. I was going to read. I no, I did not choose to not read this. But this is, this is Matt's fault because Matt uh. was ready like earlier than I was expecting him. Matt messaged saying, I'm logging on and I'm like, I oh. thought I had at least like 20 minutes left, but okay. <laughs> it's okay. Look, you didn't miss much. Connor, you didn't read this, did you? I haven't even read the first one. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just more of the, the, you know, his dad's the AI, except this time... So I'll try to give a proper review. I did also, not enjoy this one. Just before you get to it, I'll just merit yes. mention Morgan Hampton writing Tom Rainey on art. There you go. Art, art, right? There's there's two pages done by a different artist. Let me let me pull this up because it's an artist. It's the the one artist that did the Mister Miracle, uh, Future State book. Um, I don't remember that being all right, actually. Yeah. 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 So the first two, I was like, oh man, like, uh, I think it's Leandro. Hold on. Where's it at? There we go. Uh, Valentine De- DeLandro. Um, so it starts off with, with a, a, you know, you see the last moments of, of Silas Stone. Um, and he's keeping tabs on his son. He, uh, you know, you get the vibe that he's, he's feeling regretful because he doesn't have a great relationship. And then, he has a heart attack, kills over, and then his the, the lady that's the assistant comes through. Um, Delandro's or Delandro's art is really fantastic. Nothing against Rainey's, but it's Rainey's is almost very washed out with the colors and and is kind of cartoony in the proportions and, and whatnot. Versus Delandro or I'm gonna mess up that name, Delandro. Um, you know. Nice, nice thick lines. Everything's very clean and neat. And it's, it's very reminiscent of me to Michael Lark. Uh, so, um, and, and the colors are a lot more, they're less muted. So is, is the opposite of muted saturated? Yes. 
yeah so they're a little bit more saturated and so it really kicks out but uh they're at the the solace uh hq which is the the guy that claimed to be um dr stone's the person he was mentoring he's kind of the tech bro-y guy and uh they're wondering if this is really you know the the robot is really the the ai version of, of silas stone um cyborg's having a hard time because he doesn't want this to be his dad uh so uh, essentially he shuts down the robot by plugging into it and downloading this ai that appears as silas and he puts it into his own system um we get more of, of the the talking head lady just talking about how she doesn't like cyborg and that he's he's more of a problem for detroit than anything um but cyborg gets a call to go deal with um two people that have broken into the old justice league detroit building uh and they're defacing statues um so uh it ends up being shrapnel and I don't know who this other guy is, but he, he basically throws things. Um, and, uh, or no, it's fastball. So, uh, cyborg dispatches them. He ends up basically creating his sonics into creating like a resonating chamber to make a uh, shrapnel magnetic. So it, it kind of pulls him away from everything that they're doing. Um, the, the robot that was programmed to think that it was his dad shows up to help, even though he won't take the help. Uh, they go to drop off the, the two villains that he caught in the Justice League Detroit headquarters. Uh, two star labs were Mammoth and Gizmo are, who made an appearance in the first, or I think it was the first issue. Or at least it was the first story that we got about the cyborg. Um, before... Um, they realize that him and the assistant while they're at star labs that Silas isn't done, um, fully developing the AI. And so it's still downloading. So they end up taking him out of cyborg and downloading him into the main, uh, computer in star labs where he ends up becoming this big giant face. Um, and, uh, like on the screen, um, and tells them that they have to get to solace. Everything is, you know, he's he's behind everything he'll explain everything on the way and so uh that that's where it ends and it's just not i don't know it, it kind of is doing that thing where we have to just inject technology and everything cyborg does i was really invested in the last issue on the the whole thing with him trying to be without his dad and then meeting this this guy that claims to be the mentor like his his mentee for his dad and you know kind of everything that Silas wanted Victor to be. Um, and, and now we just, uh, you know, have AI Dr. Stone in here who's going to just explain everything and how the Solace dude, the mentee, is, is the one buying everything. So, I don't know, it just kind of lost its steam for me in this issue. And, and on a busy week, it's, it's kind of like, oh, man, I wasted my time reading this one when, you know, I could have started with little anything else. So, um Rainy's art's pretty good, but again, it's pretty cartoony. Um, but in in that kind of good way, I'm trying to find it's I'm trying to find a comparison, and I can never think of one. Which I guess is good, but um, yeah, it's just it, the book's fine, but it's nothing that makes me excited to to read it again. So um, I'll, I'll give this a, a six point five. 
Okay. Cool. Uh, that'll take us out of the final part of the show, which is where we pick our favourite things of the week. Favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. So, uh, we'll start off with panel slash moment. Matt, have you got a pick at the ready? Uh, yeah, so I'd love to pick uh, Babs' Double Dare, right? As a, as a <laughs> I feel like moment. you've got some CD motivations for that pick. <laughs> That was a lot of fun, though. Just her, her yelling at, at at Dick for you know, yeah, that's the right answer, and stuff. Um, but there, there was a couple actually in Superman that stick out a little bit more to me. Uh, one, one is the 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 shanking of Lex Luthor because that really, and the other one is Superman crushing the 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 Sonic Cannon to to let Mercy know that's not how we do things. And if I have to pick between those two. You know the fun answer is, is him crushing the the gun. The uh, but the one that really got me was was the shanking of Lex. So that's going to be my my moment. All right, Connor. Um, I'll go with the Garth reveal because it made me laugh. <laughs> like just as it happened, I was like, "Of course." I think that's fair. Um, I think I'll probably go with Nightwing. I'll probably go with the. Uh, like the the realizing that we're talking to heartless and he's behind the plot of the issue i think that was a mm-hmm. good uh a, a good moment to kind of hit so uh all right cover of the week uh there's a lot of books this week there's plenty to pick from uh there's like a ben oliver world's finest cover that's quite nice uh the the regular Jorge corona batgirls covers nice i think the two that i'll play out most though is the doc shiner titans cover but my pick will be the Michele Yannon Superman cover, which is Silver Banshee kissing Jimmy. Uh, uh, it's which, a good one. Which I think looks really nice. But there's a lot I, of I don't even ones. think that's the best Superman cover. Well, that's fine. You can pick the, something else. No, I'm just saying. I'm not going to pick it. I, just, I, I, I don't think... The, the regular Superman. cover's nice as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying... No, it's the, hey. uh, the, the Four Nails cover, I think, is the best for the Superman ones. All right, Four Nails is good, too. Uh, nice use of uh, negative space. Yeah. Um... But is that your pick for the cover of the week? No, God, no. Well, we'll go so on then. <laughs> Ooh, so I've, I've narrowed it down to two. He's such a it, little bitch at times, Matt, isn't he? It's either the uh, Bartel Starfire, the uh, I do it. I Disco Starfire, which it. has been in my phone rotation, like my, my background rotation for like a couple of months since since she put it up on online. Talk about self-parody. Oh, but, oh the other mm-hmm. one. I might I might accidentally be picking Matt's self parody here, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the uh, the Bilquis Evely Wonder Woman period, <laughs> and uh, yeah, e- either of those works. Matt They're hates picking the same thing as someone else, and I can see him seething because that was going to be his pick. Yeah. What's your pick, Matt? Well, now I have to look at the Nightwing covers to see if I missed anything, because <laughs> <laughs> Pete went and took my the one I was going to pick for Superman. Uh, Dan Morgan that was me. Nice, I, I thought Connor stole the one you. No, wanted. but then Connor took my backup, which was you know the 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 Eve. Actually, it is the Fornes Superman. I'm I messing with okay. everybody. Uh, the Fornes Superman is really good, and my shop was all out of those, so I, I couldn't get that cover uh, physically. Oh so, no! Oh, well, yep, yep, a little bit sad. All right, Co- not cover artist of the week. Uh, Connor, you can start this one. <laughs> uh, this is tough. No, no it's more for me. Oh, uh, Matt. I guess not. Um, whew. I really like the vigil art. That was real good. Um, 
Scott's art's good too. I'm I'm gonna give it to Redondo for Nightwing. So yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean I'm picking between Jamal Campbell, Redondo, Nicholas Scott, Dan Mora, uh, and yeah Sharma for for Vigil, like they're all really mm-hmm. solid, and even Sam Pierre for hit for the Wonder Woman story, which feels a little yeah. bit unfair because it's not quite as long as the regular, the rest of the issues. But uh, I think oh, this is hard. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm going to go Redondo as well, but it, it it's really close between that and Mora. I think is is my top mm-hmm. two, but they're like. It, I could easily do a top five this week, probably. <laughs> you know, like, there's that many strong yeah, artists this week. I, I get you. Uh, all right, Matt, top five books. Rank them. Go. All right. So number one is going to be Nightwing. Number two is going to be Superman. Three is Titans. Four is Vigil. And five is World's Finest. Connor? A uh, very different list from me, I think, because uh, Vigil first. Then Titans, then World's Finest, then then Nightwing, and then can I count the Wonder Woman back up over Superman? If that counts, then that. I, I think the way we've talked about it this week, you can, yeah. Then yeah, that. Uh, yeah, my number one is... Probably Nightwing. Number two, The Vigil. Number three, Titans. Number four, World's Finest. And then number five, what are my choices here? It's the Wonder Woman story or Superman or Batgirls. Uh, anyway, those probably Batgirls. Number five. Yeah. Superman's, Superman's close, though. Like, it, it, honestly, it's a good week because I. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have any like really weak links in my books next week, um, and maybe that's just because Matt was ready early and I didn't read Cyborg. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, good strong week, lot of books, lot of quality, uh, lots of good things. Uh, so I'll tell you now what's coming next week from DC Comics. So we have Detective Comics one thousand seventy-three. We got Action Comics one thousand fifty-six. We have Green Arrow issue 3, which I know we're all excited about. Uh, Harley <laughs> Quinn 31, The Riddler Year 1 issue 5, Batman the Brave and the Bold issue 2. Uh, you know, that first one snuck up on us because I just kind of ignored mm-hmm. it for some reason. And then I read that, that Tom King story and was floored by it. So I'm actually excited for it this time. Uh, we got Tim Drake, Robin issue 10, City Boy issue 2, Fables 159, Batman the Adventure Continues season 3 issue 6, and DC Ruby issue 5. So, uh, definitely less than this week, but a, a good selection of interesting books, not you know, nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, that's what's coming next week from DC. So, uh, hopefully you'll join us for that. But uh, that does bring an end, more or less, to the show. You can support the show and all the content that is made from Mailfuzz Movies TV and all the rest of it by going over to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us for any amount per month. At the $5 tier and up, you get early access to the show whenever it's ready on the Saturday night, which, depending on your time zone, might be very, very, very late, but it'll be there a bit earlier than it would be otherwise. So you can go do that. Um, or, of course, you can support us for free by just liking, subscribing, um, you know, listening, watching, and sharing us out on social media at DC Comics Podcast on Twitter, um, if you're looking for us. 
but that is the show. That has been episode 362 of Comics in the Multiverse. So thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.